It's the biggest size we have left in black. I want black. What else do you have? I have one other thing in his size, but it isn't black. I want black. We'll give it a try. This should fit. It's purple. It's plum. It's classy. It's plum. It's your size. Everyone will be wearing black. You'll be different. That's true. I don't want to be different. I want normal. I want socially acceptable. I want a black tuxedo. It'll look great on you. And as for what anybody else thinks, always remember these words and live by them. Screw them. You try it on. No, you won't. Put it in the dressing room. Put it on a rack. Put it on a dead guy and bury it. Why, hello, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, friends, Roman neighbors, children of all ages. Uh, it is 8 minutes and 17 seconds after the hour of 11 in this, the month of August, in the year of our Lord, 2008. Thank you for coming along and making it part of your listening day. We are live from the plushly appointed, yet not overly ostentatious studios of AM 970, the talker. This, my friends, is the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Uh, thank you for joining us. It is Tuesday, and welcome to Day 12, a little audio clip from Angus there, one of the great overlooked films uh, of our time. So... Here is the reason that we're playing the Angus sound today is because uh, later on in the program we're going to be joined in studio by Ariana. Is it Ariana or Ariana? You know, I'm not sure. Richie, is it Ariana or Ariana? Ariana. Uh, Ariana Richards, who is, uh, she played, um, uh, what's her name? Lefebvre? Is that the girl's name in Angus? I'm spacing on her first name. But she played the blonde girl in, in Angus that uh, Angus ends up going to. The, I think it's Melissa. I think it's Melissa La Fever, or whatever it is he calls her. Uh, but she's the female lead in the movie Angus, which is really just a, a fantastic film that I talk about. And we've mentioned it, I think, three or four times over the last year. And I still I don't think it's out on DVD even now. Nope, there's all these like online petitions to try and get it out on DVD. Yeah, so I think you got to go dig it up on VHS if you want to watch it. She was also in Jurassic Park. Uh, she's the girl that says, are they Metasauruses? Uh, interesting part while she's hiding up in a tree. So, uh, anyway, but, but she's now a, a resident of our fair city, and she's going to be in the studio with us later on. So, later on, 2 o'clock hour, uh, from Jurassic Park, Angus, and other films, uh, Ariana Richards. Let's see. Uh, what else we got coming up today? Uh, we have a uh, religious nutcase on the watch today. Clergy watch today. We'll talk to Cena Radio correspondent Rachel McGrath about Morgan Freeman, who is either seriously injured or not seriously injured who is either resting comfortably but not talking or giving press releases, and who either has... He's in good spirits. He's either in good spirits or has a pulverized, like, right side of his body. So it's all very complicated. Uh, so Rachel McGrath will join us about that. And uh, CNN Radio correspondent Lisa Desjardins uh, as well. Uh, we'll also continue our sound clip inventory. Uh, we will look forward to 888, which is coming up this Friday, three days from now, uh, about 70... Five hours from now, uh, 888, it is August 8th, 2008, 
Uh, we'll have more details on the Emerson Address, which approaches this coming Friday at 2 p.m. where we try to get uh, every radio, every set of speakers, every web stream, everything like that, every trans, uh, sound transmitting device in existence, uh, tuned to this very fine radio station this coming Friday uh, at 2 p.m. So more details on that. Um, and, of course, uh, the big thing today is the Timmy Ryan jog-off, which is about to begin, I think it happens about 18 minutes from now. So if you'd like to go by and show support or an emotion of your choosing. Or take pictures with your camera phone and send them to us. Or, yes, or to provide live updates. Or just to go by and gawk at his girlfriend, Shelly, who apparently will be in attendance. He said it yesterday in the recap. I heard it today, and Adam confirmed it this morning. So if you're asking yourself, what sort of woman dates Timmy Ryan? She's the girl with the red hair. You can go by and, uh, go by and uh, answer that question for yourself. Uh, so that is it to 31st and Powell in lovely Southeast Portland today. Southeast 31st and Powell, uh, Ryan's Run, the Timmy Ryan Portland Jog Off, uh, begins in about 20 minutes. We'll talk to Adam from the Pimp Squad, uh, who's going to be there all throughout the day, uh, sort of tracking the event uh, as it unfolds. Uh, let's see. Can you sweeten my microphone ever so slightly? Thank you so much. Um, I got other other things to get to before we even begin today's program. But first and foremost, Tim Riley's working on the following stories for your edification. Hmm, this is changing by the moment here. I get to the biggest. Thing. I'll say the biggest thing for last. All right. First, uh, Portland paramedic is sent to prison for fondling patients. It's going to be close to 100 degrees today. Three beach houses. <laughs> That's 100 degrees today. <laughs> Timmy Ryan. I hate to interrupt. Timmy Ryan's death march. <laughs> we'll get underway. Can, can I tell you? God love him. He sent me an email last night. Timmy Ryan did. And all it said was, it was just three words. He sent me an email and he just said, 100 degrees. Jesus. That's all it said. That was the extent of the email. All right. Uh, let's see. John Gotti is arrested again. I thought he was dead. So did I. But he's arrested again. <laughs> Even from beyond the grave, he's a menace. But Morgan Freeman is still alive and recovering, according to his people. Uh-huh. South Korean police fire water cannons at the unruly crowd, not extending a warm welcome to the visiting President Bush. The German women are going to get bulletproof bras. Smoke in a cabin aboard an American Airlines 757 forces emergency landing at LAX. I wish I could watch this video. But it keeps buffeting, buffeting, or whatever it is, because a tender injured in Tokyo when an escalator suddenly changes direction. Oh, and the plot thickens. This is coming in by the moment here. We're talking about the uh, Canadian Greyhound beheading guy. Yes, the the guy who did it, or the alleged guy, apparently took sudden unexplained bus trips to various locales in the months before that. So. Who knows what happened, where he went, and what he did when he went there. Oh, wait, so, the, so the, there's then, this is just speculation, of I course. I explained bus trips. So there's speculation that perhaps he's some, that if he's, not, I'm, I'm not saying this is the case, but if he was some sort of serial beheader, or whatever. In other words, that if he's, you know, if he's some sort of weird, deviant criminal, then he might have been uh, weaving a path of terror and murder and mayhem across the country. And... This guy spent nearly an hour chatting up the victim's co-worker during a ride through western Manitoba before uh, this. Uh, this is very, very strange. All right. Well, is the guy dead or is he just in custody? He's in custody. Oh, see, so maybe they can beat the full story out of him. I hate it when things like this happen and then the guy takes his own life at the end and you never get to figure out what the hell. I mean, I guess it saves money and, and time and wear and tear on the judicial system. Well, you always kind of want to know an answer. 
So I mean, if they got him in custody, I mean, I know they're godless Canadians and all, but maybe they can maybe they can get him in a basement somewhere and hose him until he uh, until he kind of gives it up. Right underneath the story is as by Google, become a bodyguard. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, you can take the right. course online. Really? Yeah. <laughs> this email says, Rick, do you really want to be known as the radio show that killed Timmy Ryan? Well, I'll take that. Uh, all right, it's 503-733-2970. By the way, speaking of celebrities and their their people, uh-huh. so we've got this. This is from uh, mtvnews.com, uh, but I do believe it originated for the Associated Press. Yeah, this is unnerving. Bernie Mac, quote, hospitalized but still alive, says representative. What kind of a strange phrase. Seriously, what kind of a representative do you have that says something like he's still alive? I mean, isn't he only like 41 or something? I'm sorry, he's 50. So I guess he's in the hospital, and his representative took great pains to point out that Bernie Mac, not dead. Still alive, not dead. All right. Very exciting. It's 503-733-2970. We're joined today, as always, by the lovely and talented Tarek Stillen. Hello. How are you today? Hello. Doing very well. Hey, how'd that credit card situation work out for you? Um, I don't know. It hasn't really fixed itself. I think the place that I left it at... Um, I left it there. I went back there after the show. They didn't have it. I, I canceled my card yesterday morning, and I don't think any charges have been on it because uh, I went to the bank yesterday afternoon. So All right, then. Hopefully, we'll see. All right. But this is the second time in a month, though. I don't... I, I'm just so scared. Maybe you're just not meant to have a credit card. Maybe you're just... Maybe you're meant to pay for everything with cash. That's what I was thinking. That's that's maybe what I should do. But no. I've had... This is like the only... the second time in my life I've lost it. It just yeah. happens to be really close to the last time. It's a special kind of unnerving, though, especially with a debit card when you lose it. That's a special kind of terror, because you don't know if there's some jackasses out there just emptying your bank account. I know. So. All right. Uh, well, oh, crap. I'm going to pay my rent today, speaking of that. That's the most important thing you do <laughs> young lady. Um, uh, all right. Uh, so, speaking of Sarah, who inexplicably just reminded me of the redheaded girl in Mad Men. Did you watch episode two last I night? I did. Boy. Wow, what is artistry. What a great show that is. I mean, eh, there are moments when I feel like that show has momentarily lost the thread. Like I kind of, I said, I was like, where are they, where are they going with this? Why are they pursuing this storyline? And then they sort of weave it all together. God, what is just a weird, beautiful, dark, horrible, great show that is. Uh-huh. I mean, it was just, it, I don't even know where to begin. Uh, so, I mean, if you haven't seen uh, episode two, season two uh, of Mad Men, which aired this past Sunday, two days ago, uh, that's your own fault. So, it, it makes you feel better that people are as cool as you think they are. That's exactly my thing. See, but don't when you watch Mad Men or a show like uh, when an episode like this most recent one happens, you watch that and don't you feel a little bit better about yourself that everybody's lives are just as... I mean, I know it's a fictional show, but, you know, obviously you realize that those sorts of things do happen, and you realize that everybody else's life is just as screwed up as your own, if not more so. They're trying to be the best Americans they can be. They really can. And fit into the system That's... and use it to their advantage. Exactly. Uh, Jesus, that whole... Wow, that whole little face-off in the office, though, between Joan Holloway, the office woman, and that Kinsey guy, who's the sort of office beatnik. Mm-hmm. Jesus, what a just what a what a what a verbal razoring she gave that guy. Mm-hmm. It was, I mean, it was, it was actually so, as you said, just so like cruel and just well well placed that it's like I actually sort of recoiled in horror a little bit while watching it. Uh, but what, it, it doesn't make you wonder, though, that by the time we got to the end of the '60s decade, that everybody was popping pills and sticking needles in their arm. <laughs> I mean, just to be able to deal with everyday living. I mean, how else would you get through it? Uh, my wife and I actually had this long discussion the other night about Don Draper's wife, uh, uh, Betty, Betsy, whatever her name is, and 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 whether or not she's crazy. Uh, because I said, well, God, that wife of his is just so nutty. And, and Laura made the observation that she's not really nutty. She is just 
She is sort of a confused woman trying to make the best she can of her life in a repressed time when she is not allowed to exhibit herself or to express herself socially, sexually, intellectually, or otherwise. She had another half decade to go before things started changing. Yeah. That, I mean, Mary she, Tyler Moore did not come into play until like 1970. Exactly. And that she was stuck in this horrible, miserable, stifling suburban uh, existence. And it was sort of pre-Betty for Dan. And so she was just... Samantha unbewitched. <laughs> exactly. Only all the bad parts you don't see. <laughs> We're, so it's just her sitting around with her girlfriends, just drinking, uh, drinking whiskey all but, day and taking Valium. But, but the question is, if she doesn't work, why does she have a maid? That I, was the other question I, I, I need the answer. I either. don't really know the answer to that. If she's sitting around all day doing nothing. Can I tell you what I didn't see coming? Uh, was that business of Peggy and her baby? Oh yeah. That's just a. It's just a, you know. I'm glad that they started to give her. And we'll quit talking about Mad Men in a second. But they, I'm glad they gave her a little more backstory because that Peggy girl is just so fascinating. Yeah. And you kind of wonder like, what is it? Because she's alternately so ambitious and starry-eyed, but then sort of cruel from time to time, and you sort of wonder where that comes from. And then you see that nutcase viper nest of a family she came from. So, uh, I completely called, by the way, that Pete at the end would go and sit in the American Airlines account and just sit there and, 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 and like, pimp his dead father's corpse for that account. It's Ain't That America. Seriously. <laughs> I mean... Wow. Anyway, so if you're not watching Mad Men, really, uh, you know, I'll get off my high horse, but you really ought to be... It's a fantastic show. You're missing out. Brad just uh, burned me the first season. Oh, it's beautiful. And it's the thing is, it's such... And the thing is, I'm not even really spoiling anything because it's not like, because Mad Men isn't like Lost or something where it's like a cliffhanger show where you have to, the entire thing is you're wondering who shot Jr. I mean, there are things that develop, but it's like even if you go in knowing everything, it doesn't matter. It's all about the journey. And that sounds trite, but it's it's very true. And it's just, I can't say this enough, just such a beautiful show. It's your time well spent. I think. It is. I mean, you all just the trash on TV. That's. I mean, that's. And don't get me wrong, I love trash. I mean, Rick Emerson embraces just the worst middle of the road pap on an almost daily basis. But and we dish out a lot of it every day. That's the thing. is still not guilty about it at all. Relentlessly pandering to the middle of the road is what we do here. Uh, we are lowest common denominator entertainment, and I have no Proud problem with that. But, I mean, that's really where the money is. But I, but, but Mad Men is just, it's just cut from a different cloth altogether. It's just so gorgeous. And that sequence at the end with the waitress in the Asian restaurant, where I guess because she came up and she was clearly hitting him, and I guess because of... Because of his weird sort of strained relationship with his wife and the fact that his, it, that, that that other couple, like the husband, just got busted for humping somebody else. And so he, he I think that the, the deal is that the waitress is coming on to but he, he sort of is feeling like he's on the short leash now and he can't do anything about it. And you could just sort of, you could just sort of see him hating himself as a man as he had to reject that waitress who was clearly trying to get him into bed. Uh, so it's just, anyway, it's just a great show. It's just uh, a wonderful program. This breaking headline. Oh, God. Is it something, somebody dead? Uh, no. It, it, it's uh, it's curious, though. All right, hold on. Let me see if I have breaking news. Okay? I'll just give you the headline, because we just tease headlines in this hour. A naked Kennewick man is arrested for chasing a garbage truck. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little taste of home, Tim Riley. Jesus. All right. Uh, anyway, it's 503-733-2970. In just a moment, we'll check in with Adam from the Pimp Squad, yeah. who is at... Uh, the Cleveland High School track, which is at Southeast 31st and Powell, where Ryan's run, the great Timmy Ryan Portland jog-off, uh, will begin in about seven minutes. Before we Did do we anything... have him sign some kind of waiver or something that he wouldn't blame us if he dies? Well, he's not doing this as a CBS employee. He's okay. just doing this of his own free will, and he's, uh, you know, this is really not a contest. We're not offering him anything of value. 
He is simply doing this as Timothy Ryan, citizen. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. And and as I told I told Adam actually, uh, because Adam Thompson's like, he's, I'll totally go down there and I'll track him. I'll get a stopwatch. I'll get the bullhorn. I'll get everything. And I said, that's great. Why don't you go do that on your own time? And he's like, no problem. So none of this none of this is being done on the CBS uh, dime. Uh, nobody is on the clock during this. So a couple things. What do you want to hear first? Bad guest or bad event? Bad event. Bad event. Yes. I mentioned this for bad guests, especially these guests who will have nothing but time. Uh, I mentioned this event two or three times a year, and I think the people feel I'm making it up. Sarah knows I'm not making it up. I got the uh, this today in my email. Dear, for that hint of personalization, dear Northwest broadcaster. <laughs> that's really the way to my heart, by the way. That's that's There's how you sweet talking you. Way, way to get the attention by lumping me with every other uh, jackass with a microphone and a transmitter. Dear Northwest Broadcaster, the National Lentil Festival in Pullman, Washington will celebrate its 20th anniversary, August 22nd and 23rd. And then listen how they move. They go from the impersonal canned greeting. Listen to how they move smoothly into payola. We'd like to offer you some free lentil festival commemorative items for giveaway to your listeners. All we ask in return is that you run one or more of our Lentil Festival spots on your station a few times. You'll find three different 60-second spots in MP3 format at our website for you to download and air at your pleasure. Here are the prize packages that my friends at the Pullman Chamber of Commerce, sponsor of the National Lentil Festival, have set aside for participating stations. Now listen to this, Tim. Mm -hmm. For all stations that agree to run ten Lentil Festival spots, you would get a... Pardon me. You would get a Palouse lentil cookbook, one pound bag of genuine Palouse lentils, and a green lentil festival t-shirt. Uh, let's see, what else do they have here? Well, it's basically it's just a bunch of crap. Are there any yentl toe bags? Yentl. <laughs> it's a yentl festival. You never call! This is a whole festival of people at booths telling you you're too thin. <laughs> uh, Take me to Miami. <laughs> you know that Maya boy down the block is a doctor now. <laughs> Anywho, uh, so there you go. Oh, by the way, we've got lentil festival aprons and tote bags. So there we go. Uh, Let's see. Finally. I'd like to see what a lentil festival tote bag is. Well, here what? You want to take this back together? <laughs> I think I'm okay. All right. Uh, hey, Richie Bristol, can we call Adam? Uh, we got a few minutes before we have to break. Let's call Adam, who is at the uh, Southwest Powell and 31st uh, uh, Cleveland High track, where Timmy Ryan is about to begin Ryan's run. By the way, oh, yeah, so, three minutes. Well, so Adam picked him up. That was the thing. I said, well, you know, like, when is this all beginning? He's like, I'm on my way to pick up Timmy right now. Um, and he's like, well, Timmy's insisting on getting there at 11 because he has to warm up. So he has to, like, get his stretch on or whatever before they... You don't need uh... to warm up when it's 97 degrees, though. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, d- damn, man. I mean, it's, it's, I mean it's, not even, it's not even 1130 and it's already hot outside. So, uh, so just so we can clarify, the bet is... Th- there's two actual... There's two bets. The bet between Timmy Ryan and the show... And again, this is happening right now. This is not a rerun, a recap, a best of, an encore. This is happening right now. 
at the uh, Cleveland High School track, which is at Southeast 31st in Powell. Drive by and echo him. Uh, Adam is great, though. Adam came by my office this morning. He's got the full-on, like, gym. He's got, like, the rep shirt, like, the black and white stripy rep shirt, like, the gym shorts, stopwatch, bullhorn, uh, you know, and I think he wanted a starting gun, but we couldn't really find one. So, um, but, but the bet is that Timmy Ryan will run no fewer than 16 miles in no less than two hours, 45 minutes. So at the two-hour, 45-minute mark, he has to have run 16 miles, or vice versa. Uh, as a side bet, this is a side bet. Let's not be confused about this. The side bet is between uh, Timmy and this listener named Irish, and he's got to go, uh, got to do uh, 10 miles in two hours. So, uh, Your name is, is Ira? Irish. Irish Melman. Hi, you're on the... Hi, you're on the... Uh, is this Adam? Hello, Rick. Hi, who, who, I, quit screaming. Who is this? This is Adam. All right. Hi, Adam. How are you today? Sorry, I didn't know I was screaming, sir. My no, no, that's, no, 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 I couldn't, I couldn't tell if it was you or Timmy. No offense. Uh, so oh. are you at the track now, sir? We are ready to make history, Rick. We are here at the track. Rick, uh, Timmy is currently in the butterfly stretch position, uh, limbering up, as he put it. Uh, is it true that there's a high school football practice happening right now? No, there's there's like uh, maybe like ten dudes who are here kind of practicing on their own. There's All not right. a, there's no official team practice going. Right. Are there any listeners point. there to to heckle? There's a uh, there's three listeners. There looks like some people are coming out of the woodwork. It's like Woodstock out here, Rick. They're just crashing the gates. Fantastic. Uh, so, um, is it hot? You know, it's really not as hot as advertised, but you can feel it getting there. The um, the kind of moisture that was lingering is yeah. starting to burn off, and the sun is getting a little more menacing. You know what I mean? Excellent. Well, it's only 11 o'clock here, or 11.30. So he's, let me ask you this. Based on your read of him as a person, would you say that Timmy is A, nervous, B, confident, C, cautiously optimistic? I'd call him a downright confident, Rick. He is right. the regular old Tim Ryan. He's he's ready to win. He's ready to make Rick Emerson show history. That's what he said. All right, fantastic. Now, you are there. You are armed with a stopwatch. You are armed with uh, the bullhorn, correct? Is the bullhorn working? Yes, sir. All you right. Make a phone, the stopwatch. I have to make a request, though. Yes. Um, we brought a radio out to be able to listen to you, and it has failed to work. So if there are any listeners in the vicinity that can bring out a portable radio, that would be greatly appreciated. Maybe they should bring you, you know, some sort of a tasty ice beverage to enjoy while you see Timmy Ryan sweat like a pig in the noonday sun. All beverages and drugs will be welcomed today, Rick. That's the official opinion of CBS Radio. Uh, as long as they're not performance enhancing. We don't want any. No, of course you know, not. We, we don't need Congress getting involved in this. All right. So uh, it is 40 laps for the Irish bet. It is 64 laps, because it's quarter mile track, 64 laps uh, for the bet between Timmy Ryan uh, and the show. Um, I had something else I was going to ask, and now I can't remember what the hell it was. Well, Sarah? It's about, it's about time to start. It's I mean, we're, 29 and 50 seconds. We're, we're about ready to begin here. Um, Are we ready here, Tim? We got about 30 seconds. All right. So, is he, so he's, 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 uh, he's assuming the position. All right. He's ready. Let me just, before we begin here, let's take, uh, in fact, can you hold on for about four minutes? Yeah, no problem. All right. Hold on just one second. I'm going to put you back on hold. All right. So I feel like we got to do this. I feel like we got to do a quick Insta poll. Okay. Take the pulse of the people on whether or not they think you'll be able to pull it off. So we'll go around the room, and we'll get the uh, audience, uh, we'll get their take on it, and then we'll break. We'll come back, Lisa Desjardins, and on the other side of that, we'll check in with Jimmy for the first time. All right, we'll do an instant poll here. It's 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. For our purposes here, we're going to ignore uh, the side bet. This is just the 16 miles in two, minute, uh, two hours, 45 minutes. 16 miles, that is 64 laps. 
in two hours, 45 minutes. Timmy Ryan, today. It is 503-733-2970. We're simply going to do a yes-no. Does he succeed? Does he fail? It is 503-733-2970. We're going to do a brief uh, insta-poll here before we go back and officially give Adam the word to start it. 503-733-2970. Timmy Ryan, 16 miles in 2 hours and 45 minutes. Does he succeed or does he fail? We'll take your calls now. Sarah Dillon? I think he can do it. You think he's going to do it? All right, hold on. Let me make two columns. Succeed. Just, just the stupidity and determination in that guy's voice and life. All right. Just, I, I think that he's unbreakable. All right, Sarah. Uh, Tim Riley, where do you come down? I think he's going to do it and surprise everyone. All right. Richie Bristol, succeed or fail? What's that? <laughs> do you believe Timmy Ryan will be successful or not? Uh, yeah. All right, there you go. And you know what? Here's... I almost feel like I have to be the voice of opposition now, but see, I think I'm going to err on the side of Timmy Ryan. I think he may do it. Here's the, you know what it is? Because he's just, he has perseverance. That's the thing. is He's a, he's a persistent individual. Mm-hmm. And as Susan Reynolds said today, he's a wiry little bastard, too. So, all right. Uh, all right. So, I, well, this just seems wrong, but we're somehow all coming down on the side of him succeeding. Um, all right. We'll do a couple banks of calls. Then we'll get Adam's take on it. And then we'll begin. Hi, Rick Emerson. Show Instapol. Timmy Ryan, succeed or fail? No, he's not going to make. It's going to be over. It's going to be right around 100 degrees in about two hours from now. <laughs> All right. All right. Thank no you, way. sir. All right. There you go. Skull and bones. Accept decline. Hi, uh, Instapol. Yeah, succeed or fail? Uh, he's a vegan. I wouldn't be surprised if he flies around the track. We'll put that in the succeed column. Thank you. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Will Timmy Ryan succeed or fail? I sure hope so, Rick, but I think it's just going to be too hot, man. I think it's going to wear him down. All right, there you go. Thank you. All right. Hi, Rick Emerson Show, Instapol. Will Timmy Ryan succeed or fail? As much as I want to see him eat crow, I think he'll succeed. All right, there you go. Thank you, sir. Uh, Hi, Rick Emerson Show, Instapol. Will Timmy Ryan succeed or fail? Timmy Ryan will fail like Richie Bristol trying to get hookers. All right, thank you. (laughs) Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. It's 503-733-2970. Will Timmy Ryan succeed or fail? Fail. All right. Thank you. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Instapol, will Timmy Ryan succeed or fail? I don't think he's going to make it. All right. Thank you. Uh, do uh, a couple more here. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Instapol, does Timmy Ryan succeed or fail? He's going to die, and I'm going to get his iPod. All right. Thank you. Hi, you're on the you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Instapol, uh, does Timmy Ryan succeed or does he fail? Fails like the loser he is, and make sure he runs the middle lane of that track. That's the one that's a quarter mile. Well, is it cl- is it less if you're on the inside? Yes. Hmm. All right. Okay. We'll that's pass it on. Point they're staggered usually. Oh, that's true. All right. Thank you. All right. Uh, we'll do one more bank of calls. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Instable. Does Timmy Ryan succeed or fail? He succeeds, but then at the very end collapses and needs to go to the hospital. All right. Thank you. <laughs> hi. Hi, you're on the. That's a win-win. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Instable. Does Timmy? Uh, three more. Does Timmy Ryan succeed or fail? The little vegan girl's going to crumble like a poorly constructed tofu house of cards. All right. Thank you. Checkmate. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Does Timmy Ryan will, succeed or fail? He will succeed beyond all our expectations, but he will never get as late, late as much as Adam does. Ah, okay. Uh, two more. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Instapol. Does Timmy uh, Ryan succeed or fail? I predict great success. All right. Thank you. Final call. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Instapol. Does Timmy Ryan succeed or fail? He's going to fail. Those Chuck Taylors are either going to break his legs or melt. All right. Thank you, sir. All right. There you go. Let's go back to Adam. Uh, all right, Adam, before we begin, as an impartial observer. I love you, maggot. Huh? 
Hello, Adam. Oh, hello. I'm just Hi. him up here. Okay. As as we begin, where do you come down on the big Timmy Ryan succeed fail question? I got three words for you, Rick. Mm-hmm. Shock the world. Timmy's going to do it. All right. There you go. The pin squad. The pin squad does not fail. Usually. All right, then. Except for trying to get hookers in Vegas. Yeah. Tell her, tell her to quiet down back there. All right. Uh, are we are we all ready to begin? It was okay. Timmy, you ready? You ready, little man? Middle, middle lane. Yeah, by the way, he's got to be in the middle lane, Adam. Middle lane. Okay, he's got to be it. in the middle lane to keep it at a, at a quarter mile per lap. He's got to be in the middle lane. Middle lane. Yeah. All right. This is for the kids in Beijing, Rick. All right. Are we ready? Five. Okay, we are ready. Four. Three, three, two, two one. one. Run, you little man. Excellent. And he is off, Rick. We are making Rick Emerson show history. Tim Ryan is about to run himself to death. Did you remember to start your stopwatch? Yeah, it started. Okay. All right, excellent. All right, we'll take a break. We'll check in with you later on in the hour. Thank you, Adam. Thank you. All right, there you go. Live at Southeast Powell and 31st at Cleveland High Track. Uh, Timmy Ryan, the great jog-off, has begun. Back after this. Why, hello. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. It's 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. Don't forget, Ryan's Run, the great Timmy Ryan Portland jog-off, happening right now as we speak. Uh, at the Cleveland High School track, Southeast 31st and Powell, uh, and all throughout today's program. Go by and lend your support, won't you? All right, let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show from the Hill, CNN radio correspondent to the stars, Lisa Desjardins. Hello, how are you today? Hey, I'm doing well. How are you? Let me ask you this. Yes. Uh, if you were to just, if I were to ask you... Uh, <laughs> uh, well, never mind. Never mind. You know, it's just going to take us down a how. It's going to take us down a side road that's just going to be become a big distraction. We had enough of that yesterday. Let me just suffice okay. it to say, rather than putting it to you as a question, let me just tell you, I don't think you got a chance to meet uh, Timmy Ryan uh, when you were here in Portland. Um, sort I of a never, yeah, not extensive, not as much as I would have liked, but yeah, we met. Sort of a short, greasy guy. Probably would have given you a good groping. Didn't we meet? I'm yeah. pretty sure he did. It's entirely possible. He was. Yeah, in... I think when we were all like crammed backstage. Yeah, I think at one point he sort of snuck backstage in defiance of, of all regulation. Uh, but so this, he's been. I remember, I remember thinking that I didn't get the chance to really talk to him. Yes, well, that's an irreplaceable opportunity. Let me uh, let me assure you. Uh, but so he's been boasting a lot lately about how he's the healthiest person in the building because he's a vegan. Uh, even though he's really only sort of a fake vegan, because we caught him shoveling donuts into his mouth one time uh, that were made out of, like, some sort of weird, like, bacony animal fat. So, <laughs> anyway, so just if you hear us referencing this, uh, referencing us, uh, us referencing this throughout the, throughout the call or if we, whatever, as we speak right now, he is running 16 miles in the noonday sun oh, on a track, uh, and there's a great wager sort of upon it. So it's uh, it's all very exciting. What, what, how does the wager work? Well, the deal is he's got to run because he was trying to, like, feed us some yarn about how he runs 12 miles a day or something in, like, two hours, which is just sort of patently unbelievable. And so, but the bet is right now that he's running 16 miles in no less than two hours, 45 minutes. And Sarah and I are sort of, you know, we made a bet with him that he could not do that. And if he fails, uh, he has to basically the winner gets to write a concession speech that the loser must then read. Uh, oh. So going to be doing check-ins throughout the uh, check-ins throughout the day. But so there's an air of great excitement in the Rick Emerson like studios today. 
You know where I did get to hang out with him a little bit was at the uh, Barack Obama rally. I think you're thinking of Tim Riley, our news director. I thought that's what you said. Timmy Ryan, different oh. guy. Oh, yeah. No, 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 no. Let me. Tim Riley would not have been groping you. Let's be very clear about that at this juncture. They... Uh, he's he's a professional. He's uh, he's totally. Uh, no, no, he's a, he's an old school journalist. The men of old. But also a vegan. Yeah, uh, that is true. See, that's where the confusion can come in because well, I thought, oh yeah, okay. because two guys named Tim. They're both vegans, and their names don't exactly rhyme, but there's a sort of assonance there uh, yeah. where they have sort of the same vowel sound. Anyway, so it's a it's I a thought, day of... Yeah, I did. I mixed, I was right, and then I thought I was wrong, and then I was actually wrong. But... You were out, and then they pulled you back in. Yes. All right. Uh, so, in any event, I, can I ask you a question? Of course. I am so confused uh, about drilling or not drilling, mm. and who's in favor and who's not in favor... Mm-hmm. And it just seems like one of those things that over the last 72 hours, the waters about it have just become so muddied and muddled right. that I can't, it's like I can't get a straight answer out of anybody about what anybody believes what about it. What is happening, right. Essentially, the the person who has shifted most significantly is Barack Obama. And he says he still does not like the idea of offshore drilling or opening up uh, the Outer Continental Shelf to offshore drilling. But he says that he would consider it if it was necessary to a comprehensive energy deal. In fact, if, if an energy deal couldn't make it through Congress without it, is what I think he's saying, then he would consider it, which is saying that in, in some form he's, he's not against it, and there's, some, there's a case where he would consider it and possibly support it. But by itself, without any other legislation, he is saying he doesn't like the idea. It just seems like it seems like one of those things that – there's some sort of a weird on-the-mat grapple going on about this issue between all of the different factions and all of the different candidates. And I think the yeah. average American is just sitting back and sort of just saying, like, well, let me know when things are going to be cheaper. Right. You know, I mean, I don't think the average American has any, uh, and I'm not saying I'm smarter than anybody else, I don't think the average American really understands much about how the oil industry works. Or Let me ask you this. Here's a question. This may sound really dumb. When they talk about tapping the oil reserve. What yes. does that mean? <laughs> Wait, is there is there not, is it like a? Uh, it's like a warehouse somewhere, like an Ark of the Covenant warehouse, where there's just a bunch of oil. It's like a maple tree, and they have the buckets, just like in Vermont. It is actually um, it's the Strategic Petroleum Reserve, and it is physically um, oil. It, it is millions of gallons of oil. I think it's somewhere around 700 million gallons of oil that the United States now has in reserve for an emergency. And Democrats in the House and Senate are saying that it's time to open that up. They want, in, in specifics, they want 70 million barrels uh, to be used right now, uh, processed into gasoline. And they're right, that probably would bring down the prices, but it would be for maybe five weeks or so. And ultimately, the U.S. would, would want to uh, probably buy back that amount of oil. Well, we got to refill it. Yeah, so some Republicans say, wait a minute, you know, price of oil is still really high. We bought it at cheaper prices. You know, we're going to, this is kind of a losing deal in the end. But, you know, maybe it, it depends on where you sit. If you, if you think it's important to bring down uh, gas prices right now for the next five weeks, then you would want them to tap the reserve. If you think that that's um, too short-sighted, if you, if you, if you, Think that it's not worth it, then you're against it. Well, this, this, the, the tapping the reserve seems like one of those uh, things that people say uh, because it makes for a good soundbite. You know what I mean? It just, it seems like a, and it seems like a thing that you can be in favor of, and then at the same time be doing a little jujitsu of like passively accusing <laughs> your opponent of not being in favor of it. Right. It is. It's true. You know, I think 
Oil, offshore oil drilling is really where, and the reason that you're confused about it is because there, everyone is throwing barbs on that issue, and it is right now the bullseye of the energy issue. Republicans are blocking essentially any other deal in Congress if it does not have offshore oil drilling in it, and, and that's why Congress is stuck in part. On the other hand, Republicans, or I'm sorry, Democrats are blocking uh, offshore oil drilling. So you've, you've got you know, a real impasse there, but momentum is building toward the offshore drilling, as you can tell from Barack Obama, largely because of polls. People have been asked, do you support it, do you not? And now I think we're seeing numbers about in the 60 percentile to 30 percentile of Americans who support it. So two to one Americans say they support offshore oil drilling. But what does that really mean? You're just asking them, hey, do you, do you, do you think we should expand offshore oil drilling? Hey, you know, it's hard to say if that um, really gets into the nuts and bolts well, of the debate. The, the yeah. average American is sort of an uninformed ignoramus who probably shouldn't weigh in on such things. I mean, that's just these a fact. Numbers are, these numbers are actually, those poll numbers are making a difference here in Congress where it does feel like things are blowing in the direction of a big energy deal that includes offshore oil drilling. I got a great idea, and I'm only half joking about this. Here's what we should do, because I know that a lot of people sort of in the scientific community feel that the Bush administration, and correctly or incorrectly, they feel that the Republican Party is not necessarily responsive to the beliefs or desires or interests of the scientific community. Uh, there's a lot of friction between conservatives and, I think, many scientists in this country, perhaps around the world. And so there's the two factions of our society that don't sort of get along. I know they're sort of, they're all but just scrapping, uh, you know, NASA. They're getting rid of the space shuttle missions. Those aren't going to happen anymore. So has anybody just suggested that we go drill for oil on the moon? You are, you are the pioneer. Somebody ought to just float that idea. That sounds like a win-win-win for everybody. <laughs> just don't have any oil derricks off the coast of Santa Barbara, not mucking up the skyline here with a bunch of, uh, you know, a bunch of mechanical crap out in the middle of the ocean. It gets, you know, it's a way to get the, the government to refund space exploration. If we find oil on the moon, it's a bonus. Uh, I mean, it reduces environmental impact here on Earth, I would imagine. I I'm just saying it. There's a great deal of hope that there is oil on the moon. Hey, but you know they just found ice on the moon like two weeks ago. So I mean, on Mars or on Mars. Mars. So I mean, it seems like there's probably look. It seems like there's probably oil somewhere. I'm just <laughs> somewhere saying. Else. I'm just. I'm. I'm trying to be proactive. I'm trying to be a problem solver here. All right. Well, whatever. All right. You know what? You laugh now. Future generations will look back at this moment and they'll say, at the time he was considered a fool. <laughs> But later on, his theories, though wildly uh, blah, 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 were proven to be... Anyway, they'll all be hailed as a genius, really, is where we're going. Meantime, you know, Republicans are still holding that uh, protest session in, on the floor of the House chamber. They've, they're they doing this now. They know We know they're doing this all week, and they are now kind of uh, getting on a schedule where they have a news conference at 10 a.m. and at 1 p.m. every day. And at the latest of those news conferences, and these are, it's sort of, you know, I'm not really covering this as much today because we're now in day... Three of this protest, and it's sort of like, uh, all right, we get it. Yeah. Um, but it was in this, at this news conference where they've really had the press corps to themselves because no one else is in town. And in fact, much of the press corps isn't in town. Some some man who happened to be standing next to this press conference started really taking these Republicans to task, and they were shocked. Uh, and here's a little bit of what he said. It's sort of bizarre. And you guys support him. And you are obviously... Mr. Stevens, it's yes. right by... They sort of go 
goes on and on, but essentially this man was bringing up Louisiana Senator David Vitter and other notables in the Republican Party. Uh, there's been a lot of Internet traffic. As you know, uh, Vitter was accused by a Louisiana madam of uh, yes. you know, the whole prostitution and uh, perhaps, uh, perhaps diaper wearing. Uh, <laughs> but he has... Never, you know, there's been no proof of that, and he's he's never uh, he has apologized for uh, grievous sin, but he's never said what that sin was. Anyway, here comes this guy out of out of the woodwork, almost literally standing to the side of this news conference, started starting talking about diapers and prostitutes. That is fantastic. Of all I love this country. I really do. I thought you would enjoy. Ah, uh, way to end on an up. All right, uh, all right, Lisa, are you on tomorrow? I will be here all week. All right, we'll talk to you then. Thank you. Okay. All right, there you go. Fantastic. Wonderful. All right. Uh, I'm, already, I'm so curious to see how Timmy's doing so far. Richie, are these insta poll calls or are these other? Uh, all right. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Good morning, all. What's up? Well, I was calling to give Timmy a little break, actually. I run quite a lot, and uh, the quarter mile is on the inside lane. The middle lane is longer than a quarter mile. Well, wait, how does uh, – all right. Uh, the inside lane is exactly a quarter mile. You know how the, the track has all those hash marks all over it? Mm-hmm. Well, those are to tell you where you are, depending on which lane you're in. The the as you go out from the inside, the the finish line is farther and farther back for each lane. All right. Well, we can't give him any sort of a mechanism by which to weasel out. So uh, so he can run the inside lane. That's exactly. A so he can move to the, the inside. He, let me ask you this: uh, he's it, is it a big enough difference that we need to uh, sort of calculate that in terms of laps going forward? Well, you said there's no fudge factor and all that for him as far as finishing exactly in 245 or 250. So I think he should run exactly 16 miles. But I guess what I'm saying is if he's already running in the middle lane, is there a way to calculate? Oh, well, he hasn't gone that far yet. So, you know, now it would only be a difference of 100 feet. But if he goes 16 miles, it would be, you know, an extra quarter or half mile. All right, Richie, can you – I don't know if they have a radio there yet. Can you get Adam on the phone, Richie, and we'll check in once here before the top of the hour. Thank you, sir. You're welcome. All right, thank you. Moving to the inner lane. Okay. I hope that guy's right. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Good morning, Rick. Good morning, Sarah. What's Hello. up? Uh, I'm a little worried about uh, Timmy Ryan. It's hot. And uh, does he have supplies? Like, does he have, like, water and Gatorade? Yeah, yeah, people yeah, no, are his, tons of water. His girlfriend is there uh, to uh, to actually hydrate him as the day goes on, sir. Thank God, because I was thinking that maybe tomorrow Tim Riley would be reporting. The Darwin Watch? <laughs> yeah, perhaps something like that. Misguided nitwit dies. Crowd cheers. Well, that's good to know, though. Yeah. All right. Thank you. Bye. And I'm we're actually... not torturing him in any way. This is just something that he said that he wanted to He can opt out at any moment. I actually stole that. This is from Melody, who said, Tomorrow's Darwin Watch, pale, sickly vegan drops dead in his converse while crowd cheers. <laughs> uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Uh, yeah, I was wondering if, uh, before Timmy kills himself out there, does he actually look to see what standard times are for 16-mile races? Uh, I don't really know. I do know this, that 16 miles is more than half a marathon. Well, I did find uh, a resource where a 16-mile race was done just this last April. There were 114 uh, presumably healthy people running it. Mm-hmm. One person did it under two hours, and they beat it by, like, 30 seconds. Well, see, see, but he has two hours and an additional 45 minutes on top of it. He has almost three hours. Oh, okay. Well, then there were ten people that did it under 2.45. Well, so there you go. And he does run every day, and he is incredibly healthy, sir. So uh, I'll push him the luck, then. All right. Thank you. He's the healthiest person I know. Uh, Adam? Move those legs. You make it move them. Adam. Hello? Hi. How are you doing? Rick, how's it going? Uh, It's good. Hey, uh, so somebody has told us, we've heard from a listener... 
that uh-huh. he, we've heard from a listener that he needs to transition to the that we were incorrect about something. He needs to transition to the track innermost to the, to the, to, inside the lane. to the inside lane. What does innermost mean? The inside lane, the closest to the center. Okay. Like so, inside, you could have just said inside. Yeah, somebody told us uh, the middle of the track, but apparently it's not there. Apparently, yet yeah, is the is the okay. inside lane. Uh, and at this point, I guess I'm, I'm, at this I'm point, him right now. Yeah, at this point, I think it's a negligible difference. But uh, they said extrapolated out over 64 laps, you know, it, it'd be it'd be a big difference. So now he needs to move to the inside lane. Inside lane. Yeah. Okay. So he's now making the graceful transition to the inside lane. Ricky's in the inside lane. All right. How many, how many laps? How many laps is he at, and how much time has elapsed? Okay. I do believe we just hit lap number ten, right? Okay, that's impressive. 10, just in the books, and it was at about 20 minutes. Okay, that's impressive. So uh, 620 minutes. So that puts He's him. Already at, gone two and a half miles. Right? That puts him at about 20 minutes, 10 laps. That puts him uh, six times. That puts him at about two hours. If he can keep up this pace, he should be able uh, to do it in a little over two hours. I'm already seeing the early signs of seizure onset here, Rick. It's not pretty. Because I mean, that would make it 60 laps in 120 minutes. Uh, which is two hours, so that would make it around two hours and ten minutes for 64 laps. Uh, so if he could keep this pace, he'll totally, I mean, he will do it. He'll win. Uh, but it's interesting whether there's any sort of degradation in his stamina. What's the, uh, what's the crowd like? You know, the crowd is good. We got about 15 people here that Excellent. are in good spirits. They're actually being pretty supportive. Excellent. Fantastic. Uh, Somebody is, brought a radio, too. Is he being, uh, is he being properly hydrated? Yes, um, Nurse Shelley is, is keeping him full of electrolytes. Oh, my God, is she dressed like a nurse? No, she's dressed like a goth, like always. All okay. right, of course. <laughs> all right, uh, all right, let's, let's hear you give him a little inspiration via the bullhorn. Come on, Timmy, do it for the pimp squad, buddy. Do it for all the Richies out there who can't even get a prostitute to have love with them. <laughs> Excellent. All right. Uh, we'll check back with you here in about uh, 15, 20 minutes. I'll be waiting by the phone, Rick. Thank you. There you go. All right. Well, now I feel, now see, now somebody is disputing this business of the inside. For, Jesus, God. You know, it would have been nice if somebody had pointed this out to us days ago. Uh, let's get a couple of calls. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hi, Rick. What's up? Um, well, the last caller kind of touched on, on the same point I wanted to make here. Um, actually, you know, the, the gold standard in running is oh, about God. a four-minute mile. Yes. So actually, you can almost at a slow walk do that in two uh, two hours easily because that gives you about twelve minutes a mile to do it in. Did you could do the the what in two hours? The uh, sixteen miles. Sixteen miles. Well, again, it's uh, you know uh, we all sort of early on we all kind of predicted that he might surprise us on this, so it remains to be seen. There is an issue of stamina, of fatigue, of heat, of uh, probably psychological wear of some kind. So uh, who knows? Timmy Ryan may yet be the victor. So yeah, well, he's, he's He's a pretty good runner, so I'm thinking your only hope is a heat stroke. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> That's excellent. All right, the, the caller was right. It, the inside lane of the um, of the track is a quarter mile. Okay, excellent. So that is the right lane for him to be in. Yes. All right. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Yeah, hey, Rick. Dante the cab driver what, here. What's up? Uh, it looks like the Portland police have shown up for Timmy's run. Wait, where are you at the track right now? I was at the track earlier, and uh, two Portland police cars showed up, and the officers were sitting there. Were they cheering him on? They were actually watching him with scowls intently. Were they tasing him? Uh, not yet, but uh, what I'm kind of thinking is either, A, we've got first aid help if he collapses, 
or B, when he's done, he'll be taken away in handcuffs on an unrelated charge. Well, I was just I would I would opt for the latter. It is of course a public track. It is a public track. Uh, it is a public track and Cleveland High School, by the way, was notified by CBS that this would be happening. So uh we are CBS has absolutely nothing to do with it. No, uh, they, they were just yeah, no, uh, no, no, no. I mean, just as a totally just unrelated. as a bit of friendly information that a uh-huh. private citizen might be coming by to run in the sun and the heat in the 100-degree weather for two hours and 45 minutes. Uh, yeah. All right, well, maybe they're fans. Maybe they're Timmy Ryan enthusiasts. You know, it's very possible. And I wanted to say one more thing. Yes. The Ricky Anderson Show takes entertainment to a level previously unseen in the past. Forget all that. Thank you. Wow, that was a pretty good impression you, go. you did. Yes, it was. All right, should we break? Yes, indeed. All right, let's come back after this. Tim Riley at the Ministry of Truth. Uh, we will check in again with Adam uh, from the Pimp Squad, who is at the Cleveland High Track, 31st and Powell in southeast Portland, uh, where Ryan's run, the great Timmy Ryan Portland jog-off, uh, is happening as we speak. It's 503-733-2970. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Show. Emerson Radio Program. It's 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. In just a few minutes, we will check in with Adam from the Pimp Squad, who is at uh, the Cleveland High Track at Southeast 31st and Powell, uh, where the great Timmy Ryan jog-off is happening as we speak. I want to thank you for telling Lisa Desjardins that it was highly unlikely that I'd be groping her. I realize that with a distinction and clarification that probably uh, bore repeating. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it, it, when she said, I do rem- when, when she used you the phrase... You can tell she was confused. It's it, like... I sometimes forget that there's Tim Riley, Timmy Ryan, Sarah Dillon, Sarah Wagner. Remember when there's Tim Savage, too? Oh, yeah. So there's like three Tims, two Sarahs, and it just got all get very confusing. But especially Riley and Ryan, you because know. I, don't, uh, I think there are members of the general public that still think we're the same person. Especially because you both sit in that chair from time, not together, mm. but you both sit in that chair from time to time. So, I mean, you're both doing the news occasionally, so it's like, it can be very... I, my tip-off that she had confused you with Timmy Ryan should have been when I said... I don't know if you met him, and she said, I didn't get to spend as much time with him as I wanted. <laughs> I, no. That should have been the indication she was not talking about Timmy Ryan. <laughs> I don't think anybody ever uses that phrase about Timmy Ryan. If only I had more time with which to spend with him. Uh, all right, ladies and gentlemen, at the Ministry of Truth, here's Tim Riley. It's time for the Rick Emerson Show's new news hour, only on AM 970, The Talker. And now, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. Hey, what a terrible story that it is on the coast. Three survivors are recovering in Portland after a plane crashed into their vacation home and killed five people. No details have been released about the condition of the three survivors. Ruth Reisman and her two children, Christopher and Sarah, they were all inside the Gearhart home when the plane hit. Now, these two families were having this reunion, and they, they rented this house, and they planned to stay there for two weeks. Uh, and I guess the two dads went out jogging, and that's when they heard the crash and uh, came back. Is Cessna? Yeah, it's always yeah. a Cessna. Uh, neighbor Barbara Miller heard the explosions about two blocks away. 
And uh, do we have this? Uh, I think we have some sound here on this. Hang on a minute here. Okay. There she is. All of a sudden, I heard a plane coming through the fog, and I thought, oh, my gosh, this plane is close. And then it cut out, it stopped, and then there was a loud butt. It was an explosion afterward. It shook the house. She raced from my car to see if she could help. We got over there, and the whole house was totally engulfed. And my first thought was, nobody could have survived that fire. And yet, two children did, and a woman. One boy jumped out of the one of the rooms upstairs, and one of the girls got out with her mother. They are in a burn center in Portland right now. So the it was the plane on, not that it makes much difference, but was the plane on fire when it hit, or did it hit the house? And it, then, it hit the house and then exploded. Then, exploded. And then there was a second explosion. And there's no no word right now about why it happened? No. They, it just, said, uh, this happens with a lot of these things. As they, say, as they said on Mad Men last night, it just fell out of the sky? Yeah. Jesus. So, uh, yeah, that's terrible. They, they were planning a family reunion and vacation, and it just happened uh, really quick. Right. Uh, in other news, let's see here. Uh, a man who caused an accident that nearly severed a woman's leg will uh, get five years in prison. Timothy Swa pled guilty to assault and drunk driving in the case. Yvonne Smith's legs were crushed when he hit her parked car on North Jacatequa Street in the fall of 2007. Smith was loading the trunk of the car when she was hit. Oh, her yeah. Her legs had to be amputated. Remember that? Yeah, this is, yeah, she was behind the truck or behind the car putting something in the trunk and he hit the car behind her or something. Uh, and it just, yeah, just crushed her right of the legs. Yeah, Jesus. And uh, let's see, people are protesting things that nobody really knows anything about. Two pr protesters have been cited for first-degree criminal trespassing, and they have been released after they climbed on the Morrison Bridge. People have got to stop climbing on things because nobody cares. They climbed on the Morrison Bridge to hang on the banner and uh, change it. They chained themselves to a walkway. Well, that, that was the real problem. It wasn't the banner that was the issue. It was the issue that they chained themselves to the bridge during rush hour traffic and, of Stop course, it. wouldn't people move. People will hate you. Seriously, people will hate you, and the cops will beat you, and no one will care. 27-year-old Maya Schmerloff and 23-year-old Timothy Swenson were part of a fewer of two dozen roving protesters in downtown Portland. They oppose the Columbia River crossing project. Apparently, they don't uh, like the new interstate bridge. Raise your hand if you know what the Columbia crossing project thing you is. You saw the picture of the big bridge they want to build? No. Oh, there has to be a bridge for people to get from Vancouver. Oh, that bridge. Oh, the new I-5? Yeah. Well, you can't be without it. Who could possibly be opposed to a bridge? Seriously, what are these the, people? On what grounds are they opposed to a bridge? Uh, they say it'll result in more pollution in greenhouse gas emissions. Does it really seem at this point like a little more pollution is going to make a make or break the Willamette River? I mean, really? No, it's this. What what is it you're trying to save? It's filled with feces. The ship has sailed. So why don't you move on to saving a you know a river that's not already like toxic to the touch? And they're probably not from here anyway. No, they're probably not, Tim. All right. So uh, there you go. The bridge is going to be built, and all the chaining yourselves in the world is going to stop it. So shut it. And stop climbing on things. Seriously. Grow up. You're ridiculous. Uh, here's a little story from Kennewick. Yay. A 30-year-old Kennewick man has been arrested for allegedly fondling himself while chasing a garbage truck. Didn't we just have a fondling guy last week in, in Kennewick? Kennewick? yeah. I stayed at that hotel, by the way. That's the hotel where I stayed. Mm -hmm. The guy who was pleasuring himself while high in cocaine, and he was in the lobby with his tackle out saying, look at this. Uh, that was, it, I should have gotten my picture taken there. Uh, that's uh, that's the hotel where Laura and I stayed last weekend, or wherever it was, in Kennewick. Uh, it was at that Super 8. Uh, so I stood in the lobby where the fondler uh, stood. But this is a different fondler. No, this is the same fondler. It's a brand new case. Wait, different... Wait, different guy? Same guy. Same fondler. New case. <laughs> he can't be stopped. So there wasn't enough fondling in the hotel. Now he needs to chase uh, garbage trucks. Well, he's taking it on the road. That's correct. 
He's taking on the road. <laughs> taking his ten away. Taking his act on the street. Uh, all right. So anyway, police say the truck driver, uh, truck driver saw Jonathan Foster standing outside his apartment naked. Now this is a different guy though, because the last guy had the last guy was named like, like Rodriguez or something. Are you sure this is? Uh, I think the last guy had a Latin name, and this uh, what is this? Oh, I'm sorry. No, this is a new fondler. Yeah, no, no, no. It's he, a, he's a he's a, co- a Kennewick copycat fondler. Uh-huh. Is what he is. So I'm sorry, I didn't want to dishonor the name of the original fondler <laughs> with somebody else stealing his Kennewick stealing thunder. his act. Right. Yeah. All so right. anyway, this uh, fellow named Foster went into a garage, grabbed some shorts, then chased after a truck. Foster said he'd been wearing shorts the entire time and was locked out of his apartment after going outside for a drink. Uh, police say he uh, dropped the shorts to relieve himself on the side of the building. This story makes no sense and at all. He followed the truck because he was upset that the driver was looking at him. Foster was <laughs> <laughs> That's always the key to say, quit looking at me! So he's currently in the Benton County Jail. And what you really have suspicion of lewd conduct and urinating in public. And if it really? So uh, the taxpayers have to pay for this guy's meals because he, he's urinating on the side of a Kennewick building? He'll have lots of people to show his penis to in jail, Tim. Uh, the, but... I mean, if a guy is, it makes no sense. I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to lay some some sort of framework of sense on this story. If a guy's looking at you and you don't like it, why would you then chase him? <laughs> While fondling yourself. <laughs> Which is just going to get you looked at more. Few things will get you looked at, like taking your pants down and relieving yourself in public. Mm-hmm. That'll get a lot of guys giving you the hairy eyeball. So, all right, and now he's in jail. From the mailbag, this is from uh, I call him Tom. Hello, I've been out of town, and I'm so confused as to what is happening with all these beheadings. Uh, just because you're back in town, you're suddenly interested in beheadings? Oh, was not uh, following the beheading news out of town. How many have there been? Have they been committed by the same person? Please tell me these grisly murders have been committed in some other godless city. Thank you, Ben Weber. This is a guy is asking about the rash of beheadings? Yes. I used to have it. Because e- he's been out of town. So, what's with all this beheading that's going on? I so used to... I used to have a a sounder for new email. It was like that. It was that thing, the L.A. Air Force thing. Oh, yeah. That uh, letters, letters, we, we get, get letters. letters. Let's see, is that. that this? That's from the syndicated show, isn't it? Yeah, but I... Well, no, and no, no, that's from the KOTK days. Um, uh, I think maybe I brought it over from the syndicated show to KOTK. But then I but then I lost the whole thing. I don't know where any of that stuff went. It's all gone. Or you can buy some scratchy album of that somewhere. Yeah. Everyone used to have a copy. I had a copy. I don't know what it did. I got it from Todd Gorger. He had it on vinyl. And I pulled it off vinyl, so in any event. So this guy wants to know, though, about the rash of beheadings. There isn't a rash. There have only been two. There's been two. But the I mean, most recent one was in uh, Greece. Two inside four days is... Right. I mean, two inside four days is a little weird, because if that kept up, that would be 150 a year. Mm-hmm. So. And the original one that everybody's talking about is the one aboard the uh, Canadian Greyhound bus. So there yeah. were two. So getting back to this Canadian Greyhound bus story, we're getting new material on this first. Greyhound Canada is removing all ads that were part of a campaign relating to what they call bus rage. This is this is very Mad Men-esque. Yes. They had a, a print ad that said, there's a reason that you've never heard of bus rage. Commute with Greyhound. Oh, wow. So it was going to be an ad? It, it, was, it was running. So it was an ad, and the whole premise of they, the ad was that there is no such thing as bus rage. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's unfortunate. Uh, this, you know, this is this is very, very much like Mad Men last night or Sunday, because the deal is Sunday night's Mad Men is about it's about an ad campaign for an airline, but then there's a horrific airline crash and whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, now I'm wondering, I bet if I went back and traced this, 
I bet around the date that they set this on was an actual airplane crash. Oh, no, I, crash. I sort of took it as read that there was an actual airplane crash. Because in the last episode, if you remember, they were showing the Jackie Kennedy video yeah. on Valentine's Day, and that's when it ran. Uh, I would I would almost... Matthew Weiner seems like such a freak for detail. Everything they do there is accurate. Yeah, there's that whole story where he like took an Etch-A-Sketch off the set because it came out because the Etch-A-Sketch wasn't released to the market until two months after that episode would have taken place. Mm -hmm. So he's like a real freak for detail. So it seems likely that there is an actual airline accident that was the basis of that scene in Mad Men, yeah. So this print ad says, there's a reason why you never heard of bus rage. Commute with Greyhound, we're on our way. Uh, the Greyhound spokespeople say the majority of the ads uh, should have been taken down before the attack because the campaign had ended. Greyhound is a Dallas-based company. It launched the multi-million dollar bus rage ad campaign late 2007, targeting the 18 to 24 demographic. So it worked in this uh, young That's man's a... behalf because he was 22. Uh, under new ownership, Greyhound has poured $60 million into improving service since 2004. <laughs> Uh, they're having a makeover of their bus fleet. One bus in particular. I, <laughs> I was just going to say. <laughs> Starting with a hose. <laughs> okay. Uh, it's an exciting new color called Hint of Brain. All right. Uh, uh, part two. Let's, uh, the most important part. Let's get, and, uh, and Richie, can you get Adam from the Pimp Squad on the phone here while uh, we're reading part two? All right. Let's see here. I also have some Olympic music for you if you want to. You know, can I just tell you, I don't care about the Olympics. Does any? I mean, there's all of this. Like the media is sort of trying to make this year's Olympics seem like a big event. Mm -hmm. uh, do you care about the Olympics? Yes, because it's in China and people are choking to death on the air. Well, see, I care about that aspect of it because the because the Chinese they it turns brown like L.A. It's like running a marathon through L.A. Don't I ask me how many people got cancer when they had it over there. <laughs> I, I read a story. Uh, two days ago, about how uh, the Chinese government has—they've really curtailed their factory production. You know, and in, in other words, they've really uh, cut back on the amount of smokestack emissions and so forth over the last. But it's like the air is still so lethal you can't even breathe it. Yeah. So there's all these athletes over there, like three, two, just, just desperately trying to breathe, and they can't because the air is just filled with acrid soot. Um, so I care about that, and I care about the fact that the I care about all of the unsavory, hideous aspects, like the fact that the Chinese government is censoring the internet, yeah, and that they like, uh, and there's like 16 guys, 16 protesters, like beaten and put in jail the other day. So, but as far as the actual Olympic events, do you care? No, see me either, Sarah. No. I mean, if it's on, I'll watch it. Like, I like watching the gymnastics competitions and stuff, but that's about it. Yeah, I feel like, maybe I don't speak for everybody here, but I feel like the Olympics are sort of a sort of a thing of the past. I feel like It we, seems very 80s to me whenever I think of the Olympics. Totally. I feel like we have sort of moved on. But this is even, even better, that the Chinese, being the communists they are, they're going to change the weather. <laughs> do you want to hear the story? Yes, yes, I do. It, it's great. Let's have a little Olympic music. Thousands of Chinese villagers are in training, loading up artillery shells and readying rocket launchers. It's a call to arms. They're not pop, uh, part of the Civilian Security Corps. They're part of China's weather modification program. Their mission is to shoot dust in the clouds in advance. <laughs> China is the home of the oldest, largest, and most costly weather, weather modification program in the world. So... China has 37,000 people, 7,000 artillery guns, and 4,000 rocket launchers in place, working in tandem with leaders, meteorologists, and radar stations throughout the country. And uh, apparently, they've got to change the clouds to make the weather. That does seem like a very Chinese thing to do, right? They're just going to assault the clouds with rockets until uh, the weather changes. So apparently, 
they've been doing these studies since the 1950s. The godless Russians started, the Chinese carry on. Yeah. And apparently it works. Uh, clouds, the pesky critters they are, you can steer them where you want, says the vice president of weather operations. Uh, <laughs> The vice president of weather. <laughs> well, he's based in Fargo, North Dakota. His company's working on an $8.8 million research effort to increase Wyoming snowpack. By the way, based on what I've seen of Fargo, North Dakota, they don't really have their weather under control there. So much less over an entire uh, an entire country. So once again, they're going to they're gonna shoot rockets into the clouds. Jesus. Jesus. I mean, doesn't it, doesn't it seem like something that is the brainchild of Stalin? Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Our glorious leader demands... Here's how you know that doesn't work, though, because why wouldn't they just make it sunny every day? You know what I mean? The glorious leader may come in to be... Well, as long as they're working hard, they may give them a sunny day. So they're gonna, not working oh, hard enough. <laughs> there you go. So it's a reward for, it's a reward for factory workers. As the... Uh, that's been, you have increased productivity one and one half percent. I give you five hours of sun. All right. This is all going to end in oobleck. You mark my words. All right. It's, uh... There you go. That's fantastic. Well, see, that... Thanks that makes... to Lenny Riebenstahl for that music. That, uh, that is, really? It's from Olympiad. Excellent. Uh, this more if you put it back up. You never go, you never go wrong with Lenny Riebenstahl. Hey, in fact, let's just continue that, actually, for another look at Ryan's Run, the great Timmy Ryan Portland jog-off. Adam from the Pimp Squad. Hello, sir. Quit throwing your arms so much. Hi, uh, hi. Where uh, it is now? Uh, it is now twelve twenty-one. Where are we at? I'm gonna run over to my scorecard here. Rick. All right. Keep in mind, this uh, jog off is happening live as we speak at Southeast Thirty-First and Powell at the Cleveland High Track. Timmy Ryan running. Adam from the Pim Squad doing the tabulations. A cast of thousands there to cheer him on. Uh, Rick. Yes. Timmy is about to uh, complete his twenty-third lap. Twenty-third. He's slowing down. All right, 23rd. How long? Not, not pretty. How long has it been since you last called us? In other words, when did he pass? When was he at 10? Okay, let me look down here. How? How? What? What is the time right now? It's 12:22. The time right. The time right now. On the on your stopwatch. About 46 minutes. 46. So he did 10 in 20. That means he's now done 13 in. 26. Okay, no, he's holding steady, though. That... Way to go, big guy. We all love you. We all love you, big guy. Yeah, no, no, no. 10 and 20 and then 13 and 26. So he's he's still holding steady. That is, it is basically two minutes per lap is where he's right. at. Right. Yes, sir. The funny thing is, is he won't, he hasn't stopped running his mouth for any of the laps. Well, no, I think that's fundamentally impossible for him. I, I don't uh, really he, know that he's, he's capable of who, stopping. I don't know who he's talking to. But he won't shut up. He's slapping those gums. All right. Uh, are the listeners, would you say, are they giving support or are they offering scorn? The listeners are, for the most part, supportive. We have a couple of detractors, but they've been they've been silenced. Uh, Everyone's pretty positive out here, Rick, surprisingly. Excellent. Is Shelly there hydrating her man? You want to talk to her real quick? Sure. Hold on. Hey. Hey. Uh, hello, Shelly. How are you today? Oh, good. All right, how's Timmy? Did, how do you feel about your man's chances right now? He's, I have to say, he's doing pretty well if he keeps up at this pace. Uh, yeah, well, he's, you know, I made him drink protein drinks last night and this morning, and I made him drink a lot of Gatorade, and I made him take ibuprofen before he started running. So does it, uh, you so are a trained better. medical professional. Yes, I have my stethoscope with me. All right, does it seem, uh, in your opinion, does it seem as though his stamina is holding out? I'm starting to flail around a little bit. <laughs> Here's, if he starts to slow down, maybe you could just threaten to bite him. 
Well, what I was thinking what I could do is actually I was thinking about doing this little prank, going and buying a bottle of scotch, dumping out the scotch and filling it full of apple juice, and then just standing at the end of the track and guzzling it. I thought just that might speed sort of up like a little a, bit. Sort of like an alcoholic carrot on a stick. Right, exactly. All right, fair enough. So Excellent. Of course, there would be al- apple juice in there, and it would just look like scotch. But... Uh, it is around 1225. Uh, how, would, you say that it's, would you say that it's unreasonably hot? Um, it's not very hot as much as it's just like scorching to the skin. <laughs> Excellent. Like what the is sun you... is beating down on me, and I look like a crazy person because I'm covered, I'm wearing like a hat and like arm sleeves and whatever because I'm gonna burn like hell. Uh, what is he? Uh, what's what's Timmy wearing? What is he jogging in? <laughs> um, a wife beater and the uh, same shorts he always wears, and oh. his um, Chuck Taylor. All right. What kind of socks? Black ones. <laughs> I don't even know what's going on. It just Are there like a lot of chaos. people there, Shelly? Yeah, the, uh, is the crowd supportive? Yeah, well, there's about 20. The crowd seems to be building up here. And, um, yeah, he, he, you know, he was just like, nobody tell me how many miles I've run or where I've run. Only tell me, at what, at, Madam, what was it, six miles and ten miles or ten miles? Oh, he doesn't want to know. He doesn't want to know where he's at. Now, every lap he's going around, he's like, where am I? How many laps? How many miles? How many minutes? Every time he circles around. Oh, he's oh I see. Oh, okay. Wait a minute. Hold on. So he, so he does or does not want to know his progress? Well, he originally stated he didn't want to know his but progress. Now but he's now he's asking. Now he's asking. Oh, like he's burning left. out. This is it. This is it. The worm is turning. We, have re- yep. we are reaching the tipping point. All right. Shelly, just between, just between you and I, uh, do, you, do, you give, do you give him the pass or the fail on this? It's too early to tell. All right. You are cautiously optimistic. It, he's gonna be, yeah, I'm cautiously optimistic, but right. I think he's going to, like, drop at the end of it. Uh, home and get the mouth. All right. Thank you, Shelly. We appreciate it. No all right. Thanks so much. We'll check back in later. All right. There you go. Thank you, Richie. Wow. What a day. Hey, that music is fantastic, Tim. You betcha. That's excellent. You did a few things right. You can never go wrong with Lenny Riefenstahl. No. You know what I mean. I know what you mean. Here's Tim uh, Riley. So, uh, getting back to this beheading story, we have some new developments in it from Winnipeg. Now, uh, apparently, the seeds for his brutal murder aboard the Greyhound bus may have been planted when the man accused of his murder, Vince Lee, spent nearly an hour chatting up the victim's co-worker during their ride through western Manitoba. So, apparently, one of his co-workers was also on that bus, sitting somewhere else. Lee took a seat at the front of the bus beside a woman named Stacy. After getting on board in Brandon, the pair chatted and even smoked together during a rest stop. So then he suddenly moved to the back of the bus and sat beside uh, Tim McLean, who was listening to his headphones and apparently asleep. Moments later, he was uh, repeatedly stabbed until he was decapitated. Now, McLean's family and friends don't believe Lee's change of seating was a coincidence, and they question why he was charged with second-degree murder and not first-degree murder. Seriously. That indicates planning and premeditation. We have this unbelievably strong feeling that him sitting beside Stacy had something to do with it, McLean's former girlfriend, Alexandra, uh, said in an interview. Imagine being this guy's former girlfriend. That's got to be a uniquely creepy sensation. Mm. Now, this Tim and Stacy had become friends working together as carnies. They were traveling together in Winnipeg, although seated separately in different areas of the bus, and had planned to meet up with a mutual friend in the city before heading to B.C. So now, McLean's family wants to speak to this Stacy. Her last name unknown to find out now, about Stace... her dealings with this guy on the bus. Now, Stacy was a co-worker of, of this guy, Vince Lee? No, no, a co-worker of uh, that guy, Tim McLean, who was killed. Who was killed. So Stacy and so this woman, Stacy and the Tim McLean, they and, were... And the guy who killed him was sitting with her before he right. changed seats. They were co-workers. Right. It is, it is unknown if they were more than co-workers. That's correct. All right. 
So, uh, we don't know if they had carnal relations. Yeah, probably not on the bus. I hate that phrase. Because they're carnies. Oh. Now, the other carnal part, relations. The other part of this is, uh, McLean also uh, sent text messages saying some of his uh, fellow passengers were doing ecstasy. Some medical experts say the combination of ecstasy combined with a pre-existing mental condition could trigger a violent episode. So, uh, and apparently the Winnipeg family has had extensive dealings with this uh, accused murderer during his two years spent living in the city. They believe he suffered paranoid schizophrenia. He refused to go to the doctor or use medications. Uh, his erratic behavior included making statements that he was always being watched and taking sudden unexplained bus trips to various locales. Yeah. He uh, eventually left his wife in 2006 and moved where he was delivering newspapers and working at McDonald's. Jesus. So, uh, what a weird that's, story. That's I mean, the story just continues to unfold like some sort of bloody onion every single day. Yeah, I mean, the whole thing is just really weird. <sighs> All right. I mean, the, the carny, the guy was a high school dropout. I mean, just, the thing just makes no sense. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, Rick. It's what? Rob here. How you doing? Hey, what's up? I am uh, looking for the Timmy Ryan jog-off. Yes, it's at 31st and Powell in glorious southeast Portland. Oh, right. Okay, I was... Uh, Where are you? Uh, at the high school, at Cleveland High School. Ah, uh, yeah, it's up the yeah, road, the actually. Road. The track is about five blocks up Next the road. Next to the bowling alley. Yeah, you want to, Yeah, you go into... You see that bowling alley? There's a brew pub across the street. Uh, yeah, it's at 31st and Powell... Uh, if you're going, if you're heading up Powell, in other words, if you were heading east, you will see it on your left. Excellent. You'll be so the pasty way, guy I... and the wife beater. Very cool. Um, I'm I'm the Rob who came up with the uh, coin the phrase for Timmy Ryan's jog off. Oh, excellent. All right, well done, sir. All right, so yeah, you, let us know if he seems uh, if he seems faint or if he seems to be sort of weaving back and forth erratically. Actually, I just came up Powell and I'm turning left and I'm. Uh... Grabbing my visa, walking out to the track right now. Good for you, sir. All right, well, let's just we'll stay with you here as you walk to the track. Where? How far from the track are you? Um, feet. All right, so let's uh, we'll just stay with you as you walk to the track. Uh, can you see the slight, pale, frail, uh, wiry figure of Timmy Ryan as it wends its way around the track? I see four people running around the track, not uh, getting the. He's on which one? Well, I can tell a couple that it's not. You look for a wife beater. White and wife beater, dark maybe, hair. I would imagine black shorts, probably. Yeah. Short black hair, pale, sickly, jaundiced, covered in sweat go. and goo. Yeah. yeah, I think. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's uh, coming my way. All right. Hey, do, do me a favor. How about you do this? Can you do this? Can you maybe, uh, just for a little bit, can you jog alongside him with the cell phone and just get his thoughts? Oh, yeah, sure. sure. All right. So as he comes towards you, why don't you pace him? And then joggle and just shout out some questions to him and get his thoughts on things. Let him know he's on the radio, though. All right. Very good. All right. Here he comes. All right. What kind of thoughts might Timmy Ryan okay. have? I guess we'll find out. Hey, Timmy Ryan. I've got, got Rick on the phone. How things are going? Rick, things are going beautiful right now. <laughs> you think you're going to make it on time? You're going to be all right. Very good. Thanks, buddy. everybody, for showing up. Bring out a radio out here. Is it hot? radio. All right. Well, you keep it up, my friend. You bet. All right. And there's your report. All right, excellent. Oh, and I failed to play the I failed to play the music underneath it. All right, all right, excellent. Thank you, my friend. Well, let us know if anything interesting happens. All right, we'll do. Thank you. Have a great day. All right, there you go. All right, we'll take a break. I'll play some of the break here, sir. We'll return after this. More from Tim Riley at the Ministry of Truth, and more of Ryan's Run, the great Timmy Ryan Portland jog off happening as we speak 
at Southeast 31st and Powell of the Cleveland High Track. Uh, still to come today, uh, we have a uh, clergy watch on the way, religious nutcase watch, Rachel McGrath, and from Jurassic Park, Angus, now uh, an artist here in Portland, Ariana Richards. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Show. Fantastic. That's a great idea, Sarah. Thank you, Lily. Uh, by the way, this email says about Timmy Ryan. I believe Timmy Ryan will run the distance. Sure, he's in shape. He's relatively young, sure of himself. But in the end, no matter how fast or how far he runs, no matter how much 80-year-old Irish whiskey he consumes, he will still be Timmy Ryan. Think about that. Um, so uh, so our friend Lily just sent us like a little picture, text, phone message thing. And it was, it was Timmy running along. Who, by the way, looks a lot flabbier than I thought he would. He looks a lot squishier than I thought he would be. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it, you would think he would sort of be thin, but he's not. He is like myself. He, another way in which Timmy and I uh, are are sort of similar. Thin fat. He's man. a thin fat person. He looks full on flabby in that photograph. Uh, but there's somebody running alongside him, and I'm assuming it's just a coincidence. There's somebody else running on the same track. But you were noting that he might be lacking for companionship. He, he I might believe be... that Timmy might need a couple jogging partners. He might need people to keep him company. Especially so... if you're extra super creepy and want to touch him. <laughs> so if you're... If you if you don't identify as a creepy person, but you're strangely obsessed with Timmy, chances are you're totally creepy, and you should go and like fondle him as he's running. If you find yourself to be clingy and overly chatty, uh, please let let me encourage you now to go to the track at 31st and Powell in Southeast there, Southeast 31st and Powell, and run alongside Timmy Ryan. Timmy already told me that the best way that he likes to pass the time is hearing the life story of other people. Seriously, go if by. You go to there and just like. Talk his ear off, he'd be more... Go by and share all kinds of thoughts with him. Go by, maybe just, uh, you know, maybe just run alongside him and just shout out random observations about the passing scenery as they come into your head. Uh, So we would like to encourage uh, anybody to go by and uh, run with, run with the Timmy. Run with Timmy. Uh, The more the merrier. In fact, can we, uh, can we get Adam on the phone here, Richie? Can you track him down and we'll talk to uh, Adam? I'm just going to do it for him. I mean, it'll probably be inspiring to him. It is to his benefit. Yeah, to see uh, other people alongside him. Well, and he was, uh, you know, and he was talking about how he he finds it sort of aesthetically dull to run, be running around the same scenery over and over again, not, not listening to any music. He needs the color of a new personality <laughs> to brighten his day. Yes. So uh, if you have some sort of inordinate interest in Timmy Ryan or other radio personalities, go by and run. Al- if you're a couple listener, uh, just, uh, you know, go run alongside him and chat with him about uh, Toby Keith or uh, Carrie Underwood, maybe for 60 or 90 minutes. Uh, all right, we're going to, uh, let's see. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. We'll resume uh, the news here in a moment. Hi, who's this? Top of the morning, gang. Hello. Hey, what's up? Hey, just calling to let you guys know that I can't make it, but we are here steadily listening as Timmy Ryan runs. I'm up on a roof and waiting for 1.36 because we clocked it at 11.36 when you said go. So as soon as 136 hits and he hasn't completed the 10 miles, I'll be dancing a jig right here up on the roof. Now, here's the thing that I have to tell you, in all fairness, he's at 26 laps right now. Uh, the odds are not with you at this time, sir. Every minute that passes, it gets hotter and hotter, though. <laughs> that is, that is true. true. That <laughs> is true. It becomes hotter, harder, and more difficult. So, uh, and... yes. Oh, sorry. No, no, that's fine. And, and Tim does have some incredible stamina, I've got to add. And I know that kind of makes me worry a little bit, especially after watching him entertain the masses in Sweet Home over the weekend. But now, is that he hey, said when we, do? on the recap hour, he said that he was in Sweet Home and that you, Irish, you were there, what, just sort of just t- taking in the spectacle? Yeah, 
Yeah, no, I went there. I used to have the unfortunateness to live in Sweet Home as well for a very short time and went for the jamboree and we uh, met up and proceeded to get belligerent and walk around with a case of beer and a guitar and entertain. Excellent. All right, my friend. Well, we'll, uh, we'll, be, we'll be checking in with Timmy here in just a moment to let you know where the progress is. All right, I'll be calling back Thank at 136. You. There you go. That's Irish. Uh, he's wagered. He made the side bet with Timmy 10 miles, 2 hours. By the way, before we check in, Kristen Bowie says... These are all lies, Rick. I was there for the first 20 minutes. Timmy was slowing down by the second mile and yelling at Adam for his megaphone support. Uh, I, support me! Give me support! I think he might make 10 miles, she says, but not 16, and I'm actually rooting for him. Uh, sad sad face, clowny hat thing. All right, uh, let's see. Uh, Tim, do you have that Lenny Reef install music? I can go back and find it. All right, well, let me. in the meantime, let me just... Uh... Welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show. Adam from the Pim Squad, who is there tracking the miles as they're ticked off. Hello, sir. How about that HPV out, big guy? You got it. <laughs> Hello? Hi, how are you? Rick, uh, okay, I'm good. Where are we at? Not as good as Timmy. Okay, uh, uh, shortly ago, he made he hit the eight-mile mark. Okay. At about an hour and six minutes. An hour and six. So that puts him at, if he can stay on this pace, that puts him at... Uh, finished in about two hours and 12 minutes. Yeah, that'd be a tall order to keep the pace up, but it's, you know, it's, I think it's going to be an interesting finish because he's probably going to slow down a bit, but it's, it's in his sights. And I'll tell you this, Irish better kiss his uh, bottle of whiskey goodbye because it's going down. I think so. I mean, I, I mean, this an hour. So. He would have to implode pretty quickly uh, for him to lose this, this side bet to Irish. Um, as of right now, uh, how many laps? His sideburns. His sideburns are growing like Wolverine's claws as he's running. <laughs> Fantastic. What is the actual my, uh, lap and mile, or the lap and time as of now? Okay, he just hit 33 laps. 33? And that at about uh, an hour, uh, eight minutes. All right, let's see. One hour, eight minutes. Uh, so... All right, so there you go. So let's see, that is, uh, let's see, 64. So he's a little over halfway done. So if he can keep up the pace, uh, he'll be able to get this done in under two hours and 15 minutes. If he can keep the pace up, yes. And he's got like an, a half hour of, you know, a slack time. money to say, yeah. yeah. Um, so, it's, you know, this is definitely, this, Rick, this could happen. The world may be shocked. It is true. Uh, now, when he comes around... Uh, when he passes by you and you get a close-up look at him, what are the words that would come to mind? What are the words that you would use to describe his appearance when he comes by, his general demeanor at this point? Uh, old and middle-aged looking. <laughs> I mean, I have to I tell mean, you, he looks kind of... Jowls. We saw a photo, uh, somebody took a photo of today and sent it to us. He looks a lot flabbier than we thought. You know, Tim isn't really a skimpy dresser, and he's, he's you know not wearing much today, and uh, he, he's letting it all hang out. There's uh. some... Some flipping and flopping going around. Uh, what is it? Do we have any any uh, read on what the temperature on the track is right now? No, but I'm telling you, you know, I've been standing here and it's not. It's it's warm, but it's not too hot. But if I, it's probably pretty hot to run in. So. It's not the heat as such, though. You'd say it's just basically the the feel of the sun on your skin, maybe. And the track is like black, kind of asphalt-like material. Yeah, I mean, it sort of absorbs the heat and gives it right back to you. Yes, yeah, so it's not. It's by no means a pleasant experience out here, but um, it could be worse. I'd say it's probably about ninety. All right. Uh, and are you yourself staying hydrated? Uh, yes, sir. I've been I've been drinking Gatorade, and I have a pizza en route. <laughs> Excellent. Be sure to run alongside him with that pizza. Just give him a little taunt. You bet your ass, Rick Emerson. All right. Thank you, Adam. All right. We'll be checking back later. There you go. There's a. Uh... 
Adam uh, from the Pim Squad at the uh, uh, the Cleveland High Track, which is at Southeast 31st and Power. The great Timmy Ryan jog off is happening uh, as we speak. Uh, all right, we'll resume the news. Here is Tim Riley, the Ministry of Truth. Okay, this uh, just in from Canada. Oh, God. The beheading cannibal has uh, been arraigned in court, and he begged for someone to, quote, please kill me. Uh, this guy is uh, Vince Lee, and uh, let's see, the judge asked if he wanted a lawyer. Lee shook his head and then quietly said, please kill me. That's creepy. Mm-hmm. I think it's the fact that he said it quietly. That's the thing that I find uh, specifically unnerving about this. Jesus. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that story just gets weirder by the moment. Uh, it's uh, 503-733-2970. Hi, uh, Rick Emerson Show. Who's this? Uh, it's Kyle. I just uh, came from uh, the track and watched uh, Timmy stumble around a couple laps. Yeah. How do you feel he's doing, sir? He's he's actually doing pretty good. He's got a uh, he's got a larger man. Uh, Keeping pace with him and Excellent. giving him support. Excellent. And by support, do you mean creepy observations and occasional back rubs? Uh, I turn my head whenever those happen. <laughs> I turn to my stomach. All right. Uh, so it does, it, the photo we saw did show Timmy running next to a larger man with his shirt off. Yes. Uh, so there was some sort of there was some unpleasant. Boy, God, it may, he's probably Timmy's probably just sweat right through that wife beater by now. I mean, that wife beater's just got to be like a piece of cheesecloth just sticking to his skin. That's got to be pretty gross. Oh, the guy we're, is. We're recommending a uh, stretcher for him to go home on. Yeah, I mean, I I would say this: if he does complete it, there's going to be a good long sleep in his future. I would think so. All right, excellent. Uh, so at this point, uh, you're wagering that he might actually get it done. I I think he he might have it in himself. I think he will just make it. All right, thank you. All right, there you go. We should get somebody who has like a like a like a cold iced tasty beverage, uh, just to sort of sit right right off the track and just sort of drink it in front of him as he oh, comes yeah. by. All right, if you would like to get yourself maybe an ice cold viso or perhaps some sort of a crushed ice drink, and then maybe just position yourself so he sort of comes right by you and then just give that a good swig as he comes around. Uh, or maybe just holding up a big sign that says "fail." How about that? Uh, let's see. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Hello. I just had a couple ideas for you. Yes, sir. First, you got to extrapolate about the time he's going to cross that 10-mile mark and make sure, you know, you're on the phone with Adam there. Uh, that's, a, that's a good point. Yeah, that would be... Uh, that's probably going to be pretty quick here. Uh, well, the 10-mile mark, yeah, will probably be in about 10 minutes, I would think. Yeah, and, and, and subsequently make sure, you know, he's got, you know, you're there when he crosses 16 miles. But I was wondering, two minutes with Timmy Ryan that you'll never get back, you should just give him the cell phone for, like, one lap and just talk to him for one lap. <laughs> we should actually, that's an interesting idea. See if he could do, see if he could do, because apparently he's motor-mouthing the whole way, which yes. should come as no surprise. Exactly. It's not like he's pursed-lipped and, and concentrating. That's true. All right, we'll check in with that. All right, All thank right. you, sir. Bye. All right, here's uh, Tim Riley at the Ministry of Truth. Well, this is bizarre. Imagine being arrested for driving while intoxicated not driving a car 136 miles an hour, but a motorcycle, and heading down Highway 26. Thank you, no. It happened over the weekend. I, somehow we missed the story yesterday. I guess we got too busy. Anyway, a police officer was westbound on Highway 26 near Kelso Road, sees a motorcycle speeding in a 55-mile-an-hour zone, and he clocks him at going 136 miles on an hour. On a motorcycle? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the motorcycles are sort of, I mean, I know this is just a me thing, but motorcycles are so terrifying to me mm-hmm. uh, under the best of circumstances. I can't imagine going 136 miles an hour drunk. How is it? I mean, that's one of those things that's like an apocalypse now where he's talking about Robert Duvall and just how some guys are just going to get through this whole thing without a scratch. Mm-hmm. How is it that you can be drunk and going 136 miles an hour on a motorcycle and not be dead? Yeah. It's just some guys have a golden glow, man. All right. So they finally stopped this guy in Sandy. He's 25-year-old Brian Scott Wood of Hillsborough. 
He's charged with driving under the influence, reckless driving, and driving with a suspended license. <laughs> well, I mean, if you're going to do something, Tim, do it all the way. That is how we operate as Americans. You embrace something wholeheartedly. Uh, let's see. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hello, Rick. Hello. Hi. Hey, yes, you're on the air, Steve sir. Here. Hi. Hey, I just uh, was going by there, pulled over, watched the, I believe it was his 33rd lap. Yes, sir. The gentleman running along pacing him, and uh, he may need some of that half hour extra. Uh, now, are you saying that, in your estimation, is he slowing down? Is he beginning to disintegrate? Well, the, the couple laps I watched, he was uh, pretty steady. I didn't see it early on. Um, it seems like from the reports we've been getting, he's kind of slow at a tad, but uh, he had determination in his face, and I think he's... Uh, He's going for it. Well, he is. I mean, and, and keep in mind that there is no requirement that he run the whole time. He can, in fact, walk part of it. Frankly, for that matter, he can come to a dead stop if he wants to. It's just a question of getting the 16 miles uh, yeah. in two hours and 45 minutes. So there is no requirement that he run or even jog or walk uh, the, the entire thing. He can do it in a way, however he wants to do it. So Exactly. I, I know. He looks like it, if he can keep this pace up, it is. You can uh, see the little little heat waves coming off that blacktop. Wow. So, all right. Yeah, it's, it's getting warmer there than it is in the air. So right. he's got his work cut out. But he's doing all right. Thank you, sir. All right. All right there you go. Uh, Richie, will you get Adam on the phone? Because he's probably going to be hitting that 10-mile mark right about now, uh, much to Irish's displeasure. So you can locate him. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, Rick. I just got up the track with uh, Timmy. I, was, I wasn't I was running with him, but I was running there. and I was doing about an eight-minute pace. He's probably doing about 8.30. He's, he's easily going to make this if he keeps – he'll have some uh, – maneuver room. He can walk and take some water breaks. He'll be fine. Yeah, no, I think he's going to have a good cushion if he can keep this pace up. Yeah, uh, and if the heat does not become too much. A lot of people have expressed concern that the heat is eventually just going to become a deal breaker for him, but it remains yeah. to be seen. I did notice he's kind of leaning uh, leaning to the right in a sort of an odd little sort of pace. I don't quite know what that as though one of his it. As though one of his arches is slowly collapsing. <laughs> Exactly. All right. Yeah, those man, those Chuck Taylors have got to be no fun to run in, though. Yeah, well, what the heck's the deal with that? Because uh, you know, because he wears them. You know, I mean, I'm wearing Chuck Taylors right now. I don't have any problem with that. But I mean, but I, you know, if I was going to be out running a marathon. You wear something that has a tiniest bit of arch support. Well, if for no other reason than Sarah told this horrifying story about a friend of hers whose arches collapsed. Who they just were like broken, and so that's just I don't want to be that guy. You know. No, no doubt. Oh, and one more thing. Yes, sir. All right. Thanks. I saw thanks. that. All right. Thanks so much. Uh, let's now uh, let's go to, the, uh, to Adam from the Pimp Squad, who is uh, live at the Cleveland High School track at Southeast 31st and Powell. Uh, where are we at? Uh, has he uh, has he passed the 10 mile mark, Adam? No, he's a few laps short. But if any listeners are wondering, my pizza has arrived and it's mighty tasty. So you what what uh, what uh, sort of pizza did you get? What are the flavors on this? Sausage and pepperoni. Excellent. Now, oh, that awesome. are you going to just, you should stand just tantalizingly close to Timmy if you can when he comes by on one of his laps. Oh, I already have, man, and it's going to continue. <laughs> All right, let's hear just a little. Now, I know you've been giving him a lot of support. Let's hear just a little bit of, uh, little bit, little bit of trash talk, a little bit of smack. A little bit of smack? Yeah, just a little bit of smack in his chair, just to Don't sort of mix it up. Seriously, just sort of keep it even here. Okay. Uh, all right, wait a second. He's not. He's kind of far away. All right. Yeah. I'll let you. I'll let you uh, finish your chewing here. Oh, well, here we go. All right. You run like an autistic little girl. Move <laughs> those little stubs faster. <laughs> you midget. Excellent. Fantastic. Uh, so he is now. What lap is this? Uh. 
38. So he's got like a little over two laps to go. All right. Before, uh, before I drink his whiskey while he sleeps. All right. What is the uh, what is the what, what what is the time on the stopwatch right now? Right now, uh, an hour and 18 minutes. Hour and 18 minutes. All right. And this is where my math skills begin to fail me here. Uh, so let's see. So that is 38 in 80. Oh, his pace is slowing though. I'll say this right yeah, now. His his pace is deteriorating. I'm looking right here. Yeah, his uh, his pace is not what it once was. It is starting to. He has the countenance of John Goodman playing tennis. <laughs> Excellent. All right, I'll tell you what. We're gonna uh, keep you on the so he is on the 38th lap right now. Yeah, he's just over 38 laps right now. All right, so he's got basically a little over one lap. Uh, before he uh, wins the side bet with listener Irish for this 80-year-old bottle of Jameson's. Yeah, it's going to be, it's imminent here. It's going to be within um, probably five minutes. All right, okay. So uh, I'll tell you what, I'm going to put you on hold. Uh, Richie, will you pick up the phone and talk to Adam? And uh, will you let us know, will you buzz us, uh, Richie, when he gets close? Will you bu let us know when Timmy is close to breaking that 40-lap uh, marker? All right, excellent. All right, here's Tim Riley at the Ministry of Truth. And this exciting sports coverage is brought to you by Leafs Auto Collision Center. Find us in collision repair. Go to Leafs.com and find out what Leafs can do for you. This is the most ingenious story. From South Dakota comes word. Thousands of motorcyclists greeted John McCain with an approving roar as he sought blue-collar and heartland support by visiting a giant motorcycle rally. Uh, really? I don't have any of the stuff from this yet because it's new, but it says here, Quote, as you know, not long ago, a couple hundred thousand Berliners made a lot of noise for my opponent. I'll take the roar of 50,000 Harleys any day. Built as the largest of its kind in the world, the Sturgis Motorcycle Rally is something of a banker's woodstock. It's been going up for 70 years. Oh, wait a minute. I didn't know. Okay, I didn't know it was the Sturgis thing, because I, I thought that was not until later in the month. And the bands included Def Leppard, Leonard Skinner, Nario Speedwagon. And I believe Appetite for Deception is there, too, by the way. Uh, which is sort of the only reason I really know that it was that it was coming up. Uh, well, that you know that's that's God, that's just like it, that thing when they were all did, doing the, uh, the 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 speeches at the WWE or something, mm -hmm. where it's just sort of it's embarrassing for them and the crowd and for everybody in general. But in general, when people see this on TV, they're going to think they're all there for him. No, that is true. That's so that's you know how stupid the American public is. <laughs> I do, Tim. So that's you know what it is. That's true. In the middle of you know they want us to put him in the middle of a Madonna concert. And say, <laughs> they came here to hear him sing they with Madonna. They should completely do that. He should, it should be like a chubby rain kind of thing where he just sort of stands with a big crowd in the background and nobody really knows why. That's a great... We should completely steal that gimmick. We should completely steal that gimmick of just going and positioning ourselves like with huge crowds and as though we're addressing them. Maybe we can con uh, convince... Uh, KUFO during Rockfest, let us stand on the stage. Just for a second, just have the picture taken what? of the crowd behind what? us. Convince. Like... All you need is three seconds. Run, pose, snap, done. Okay. See how okay. we've got to do that. That's fantastic. Okay, it is our mission from now on. Whenever there's going to be a huge crowd, we have to go position ourselves somewhere as though the crowd is there for us and just long enough to get a photo taken. That's a great idea. Look, I could stand from the side of the stage and you can run onto the stage really quick and I could take a picture of you. Totally. Yeah, the look at me with the crowd. Well, it's like back in the day, uh, when in the early days before they were successful, Kiss had to, they had to, uh, Kiss had to had to get an airplane to fly somewhere to do they had to fly to the other end of the country to do something or other, and they paid whatever it was like five hundred bucks or something for a bunch of paint, 
And they just, when the plane landed, uh, they really quickly just got some stencils and they painted the word kiss on the tail of the plane. Uh, and then they just posed next to it. There you go. And that's it. So it looked like they had their own jet. Uh-huh. And then they paid to have it painted back over. It cost like 500 bucks. looked like they had their own kiss jet. So we and who takes advantage that. of that? Drudge. Look at this. There you go. Approving roar from McCain in the heartland. And seeing you would never know what, that. What is the great unwash? You're going to think about that. Uh, They're all there for him. Jesus. Oh, boy. Boy, this, I just, it's dirty. But it, it works. I mean, but you know, there's an advanced man who's getting a raise for that little maneuver right there. Hey, Richie, where are we at? Do we need to talk to Adam? Yeah, pick it up. All right, uh, let's go now to Adam from the Pimp Squad, who is at the track. You can taste it, Billy. Taste it. All right, where are we at? He's a... He's about to cross the whiskey line. Taste it on your lips, and you're about to take Irish the rapper's whiskey. Listen to this crowd, Rick. Listen to this crowd. Like a Sturgis crowd. Hour 22 minutes. He broke the 10-mile mark. All right. Hour and 22 minutes, 10 miles. Good for you, Timmy Ryan. Well done. Well done. Six miles. That means he is... Uh, whatever, 10, 16, what, that's like three, over an hour. three quarters when He's got an hour to do six miles. So at this rate, it would, at this rate, really, we just have to pray that the sun kills him. I mean, that's it's really. Like a 10 minute, but so each mile is 10 minutes. But yeah. if he doesn't, Richie's he loses his own weekend you. Rash is chasing you. <laughs> well, congratulations, and our sympathies, by the way, to Irish, who just lost a bottle of 80-year-old Jameson's. You know what, though, Rick? I don't have much sympathy because I'm going to be sipping on that come sundown. So I love it. <laughs> Excellent. All right, fantastic. Uh, where would you, uh, where do you put Timmy on the exhaustion scale, one to ten? Okay, uh, so I would say now that he has the countenance of John Goodman has just played a five-set match of tennis, and the sauna was broken. All right, so he has done ten miles. He's, he's rough, man. He's he's not. He's very pasty. He's sweating profusely. And like that wife beater is gonna smell something funky. And I gotta you know say, I mean? it's well, it's gotta be just like stuck to him, like 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 moleskin. I mean, Jesus. Well, it's hard. It's hard to tell where the wife beater begins and the flesh. Oh, or, you know, oh, that wow. looks like one big epidermis of pure nastiness. That's the worst I mean? thing I've ever heard. So I gotta say that it, as of now, though, as of now. It's a little bit off from what it was at the very beginning of the race, but compared to our last check-in, his uh, his uh, ratio is holding because he's done 40 miles in 82 minutes. So he, he is just still... flexed his bicep, Rick. He just flexed his bicep at me. See now oh, he's just boy. see now he's just now he's spiking the ball. Yeah, is what he's doing. Swoon. Yeah. Um, all right. So he is doing about a two-minute a two-minute lap. Uh, so two minutes per lap four. So he's doing about an eight-minute mile right now. He's about to come by me to finish uh, mile uh, lap number 41. I'm going to try to get him to yell something into the phone. All right, great. Okay, here he comes. Okay, Timmy Ryan, jog off. Say something on the air. How you doing? How you doing, champ? What's up, babies? I'm doing it. How you feeling? Are you feeling good? I'm rocking. You going to do this today or what? Yep. You going to do this for the pimp squad? Yep. You going to do this for Rick Everson? <laughs> yep. Yeah, you can run it. Chase the dream, little man. Chase the dream. Wow. <laughs> You're right. actually looking pretty good. What, oh, is the, what is the actual time now? 41 laps, he, and it was an hour, 25 minutes. All right, so he's at 85. Rick and Sarah, how are you? All right, 40, I'm on the phone. 41 laps, uh, 85 minutes. All right, so he's got, uh, what, like 13, about seven miles left, something like that? No, four uh, miles, four and a half miles. He's 23 laps left. All right, okay. Excellent. All right, we will check back in with you in about 10 minutes. Okay, thank you. Thank you, Adam. There you go. All right. Well, I'm exhausted just listening to it. Jesus. Adam's All such right. a bundle of energy. Really? Are you disheartened by the fact that Timmy might win? 
No, I totally thought that he remember we at the beginning of the show we assisted. Because it isn't because he, I think that he's in really good shape. It's because I think he's just so so determined to That's be right. That's the thing is he just, it's like a no man can eat 50 eggs kind of a thing mm. at this point. No man can run 64 laps. Here's the thing about it is I'm just happy that th- there was this time early on today when I was sort of worried that the heat would kill him. <laughs> and Which no. is still possible, by I the way. I was too, actually. I sort of had this whole, like, suddenly we're intercom just killing people left and right. So, uh... Uh, thankfully, that doesn't seem to be happening on KCMP Portland, a CBS radio station. Here's uh, Tim Riley at the Ministry of Truth. The fondling paramedic gets five years in the Husco. A Multnomah County jury sentenced to a former paramedic to five years in prison for touching his patients during ambulance runs. Uh. Judge Leslie Roberts also sentenced Lanny Lee Hazard to five years probation and ordered him to register as a sex offender. He's 62. He pled guilty. Uh, the abuse became public after a 28-year-old single mother of three reported what Hazard had done to her. The woman says she passed out in her Portland home, and one of her children called for help. She said Hazard fondled her as she lay in a semi-conscious state. I wasn't all the way awake, but I was aware of what was happening around me. What bothers me the most is it's like watching somebody do something to me, and I couldn't do anything. The idea of being fondled by a guy named Lanny Lee Hazard, uh, well, especially if you're already in an ambulance, so you know that something bad has already, you know, so it's not like you're having a good day anyway. So uh, when the woman's story hit the news, several other victims came forward to report abuse by Hazard. Uh, they range from 28 to 73 years old. Ugh. Uh, so uh, one thing they all had in common was uh, they were all in the back of the ambulance with Lanny Hazard. They were all supple, Tim. So he's lost his job. Yeah. And yeah. his professional certificate, he didn't speak at his hearing. Free to fondle on his own time now. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see here. We've got this. Uh, this is from Christian Bowie. You can't see the wife beater from his skin until you notice the two hickeys on his shoulders. <laughs> Signed, I almost wretched. All right. That's great. How about this? Ooh, shoulder hickeys? Yeah. Uh, Rick, I work at the Minuteman Press right across the street from Cleveland. I walked over to the track to see first down how things were going. Uh, I got to say, Timmy is still cooking around the track. However, he's sort of leaning to the right and limping. It sort of looks like a time trial for the Special Olympics right now. Uh, the very Special Olympics on Jesse. P.S. It's getting damn hot. He may die. So, well, we'll see, sir. All right. Uh, Rick. Who are all these people that just uh, can mosey on down to the local track midday on a Tuesday? Do they have jobs? Or is your power so great that you can convince listeners to skip work with a slight hum of your voice? Uh, we'll be doing it again, by the way, this Friday, uh, 888 at 2 p.m., my friend for the Emerson Address. He said, or is it possible that they all have a rabid bloodlust and wish to see Timmy Ryan drop dead? Just curious. Uh, all right. Hi, you're uh, on the Rick Emerson radio program. Hello. Yeah, uh, I was wondering, there might need to be some uh, clarification on the Jameson. Yes, sir. Um He's saying it's 80 years old. When you get a bottle, say he bought it 60 years ago, and it was a 20-year bottle, that doesn't mean that it's now aged to 80 years by sitting in the bottle for that long. That just means he's been holding on to it, and it's still a 20-year bottle of Jameson. Here's the thing you have to understand is that uh, I don't think when it comes to the Pimp Squad and alcohol that they necessarily have the most discerning of tastes. <laughs> Not all that picky. Seriously. I mean, it's you know what I mean? I mean, I think they'd probably drink radiator fluid. I mean, I'd, uh, I've seen those guys. So. It does the trick, I suppose. All right. Thank you, sir. Uh, as long as it doesn't make him go blind. Uh, this one says... I have to admit, I have to admire Timmy Ryan's uh, guts in this run. I usually can't stand him, but whether he completes the rest or not, I now have a small amount of respect for the dweeb. I do have an idea for you. How about if Tim Ryan completes the run, you have to hang up his wife beater in the studio for the rest of the week. Oh, no, no. No, because that's punishing Tim Riley, who didn't make a bet. That's that's the thing. It's one thing to punish Sarah and myself. 
that punishes all who come into the studio, even those who took no part in this. So, uh, no, no, sadly, that's, uh, or admirably, that's not going to happen. Here's Tim Riley. So John Jr. Gotti and five other men have been indicted on a number of crimes that occurred over a period of years. An FBI official says Gotti, the son of the former Gambino family boss, John Gotti, this is John Jr. this time, he's been charged with uh, numerous crimes and violations. Rico conspiracy and specifically trafficking in more than five kilograms of cocaine, as well as the murders of three men in Queens and Manhattan back in the late 1980s and early 1990s. Yes, it's murder, robbery, bribery, kidnapping, and extortion. Gambling, illegal drug trafficking, loan sharking, collecting unlawful debts, jury tampering, victim and witness tampering, burglary, home invasions, <laughs> aggravated assaults and batteries, and money laundering. Well, look, if you're good at something, you, you know. You only turn your back to so many things. <laughs> no, that, so it's John Gotti's son? Junior, yes. So we, I was right earlier when I said John Gotti's dead. Correct. This is John Gotti Jr. I mean, this was that's just sort of a born into the family business. What are you going to do, kind of a thing? Right. You know, like if your dad is, a, your dad's a sculptor, you sculpt. Your dad runs the numbers. You know, I don't even know what the numbers are. What does that mean when they say they run the numbers, Tim? I think that's betting on like horses and things. Are you sure about that? I'm not completely sure. I'm not a gambling man myself. You're not from the. Nor do I travel in those circles. No. <laughs> I can't be sure of something. But, but, I mean, you'll always hear that. What, about, what does that guy do? Well, uh, Frankie over there is the hookers. Uh, Johnny uh, enforces with the union. And, uh, you know, uh, uh, and, uh, and... And then he know. walked in an alley and some bride slipped him on Mickey. <laughs> or a Finn. Yeah. And Vito, he runs the numbers. What does that mean to run the numbers? If somebody knows, I would like to... That's what, it's like when George Carlin is to think about, like, you know, country going down the tubes. Like, where is the tube? And why do you need why do you need more than one tube? One country, one tube. Mm. Uh, if somebody, I don't know what it means. It's like that whole thing in the movie Malcolm X, uh, where there's that whole dust up between Malcolm X and that guy Richie, who's a local thug. And there's this whole complaint about whether uh, Malcolm, back when he was Malcolm Little, when he was playing the numbers, and he's like, his number came up, and Archie didn't want to pay off, and then they tried to kill him and whatever. This is all like in the in his auto, in the autobiography of Malcolm X. But that's the whole thing where where Malcolm X is like. The number was 22, and Archie's like, the number was 41. And I don't really know what it means. I, some sort of, some sort of, you know, like kind of street gambling, but I don't really know how it works. So these are all things I would like to know. So if somebody wants to clarify that, uh, that's great. Uh, but being John Gotti Jr. is sort of like being Frank Sinatra Jr. I was, or, yeah, okay, that way I was going to go the Jimmy Hoffa Jr. route. Oh, that's true. Because Frank Sinatra goes out on the road and sings My Way and hangs out with an animated dog. And Jimmy Hoffa Jr., doesn't he run the Teamsters? Or did so, but you never hear anything about him. But see, that's the... Well, it's like Teamsters Light. I mean, it's got to be either a good news... I mean, not that it's not an important union, mind. No, I'm sure it is, but it's, but it's got to be good news, bad news to be Jimmy Hoffa Jr., because on the, on the one hand, there's probably a number of people who don't screw with you because your name is Jimmy Hoffa Jr. On the other hand, it's like no matter what you do, everything, you know, you will, you'll never outperform your dad at that. I mean, you might as well give up. I mean, if you're like Frank Sinatra Jr., why don't you just change your name to something else, you know? So, uh, this email says, Rick... I can't believe I'm requesting this, but since there's been a lot of time dedicated to the members of the Pim Squad, can we hear that wonderful, horrific Pim Squad song one more time, please? It makes me feel better about my own life. Well, we'll oh, we should totally it. play that. Too. And let's, uh, can we get Rachel McGrath's music ready? I don't want to have her school me twice in a row and not having her uh, music prepared. Here's Tim Riley at the Ministry of Truth. Well, money can buy happiness, especially at the happiest place on earth. Now it's going to cost you $69 each. 
To get into Disneyland. We still think we offer our guests a significant value. There aren't many places you can go in Southern California and get um, up to 16 hours of entertainment for the cost um, of a ticket at Disneyland Resort. Right. You go to a cheaper place like Magic Mountain, it's full of gang members who will butcher you on the way out. That's that's not part of the day's fun. That's not a ride. No, the bu- the butchering at the hands of a of a local gang is not. That is not part of your that's e ticket. Mountain is known for. Uh, all right, sixty nine dollars at Disneyland. Really? It keeps all the riffraff out. Uh, but does it? Yes. You think riffraff probably just steals sixty nine dollars? No, they'll get you on the way in. <laughs> you're, you're you're being watched when you leave your home if you're going to Disneyland. <laughs> they know you're coming. <laughs> They've got their own satellite floating above planet Earth. I. Uh, the last time I went to Disneyland, I think we paid less than that. It was like 50 and it was still not worth it. I mean, it was well, you really... You have to pay. You're in the media. You can go four times a year. Take four people with you. Is that true? Yes. What? No one ever told me that. Oh. Why do you I'm know that? You oh, I'm sorry. Is this like a secret, super special, only Tim Riley thing? Well, no. Any member of the media, if if you uh, fax to guest relations your request on your station letterhead, you can go four times a year and bring four people with you. Four people each time or four people total? Each time. Well, three people besides yourself. But I mean me and three people That's four times a year. Correct. I had no idea. Why didn't Aaron tell me about this? He's sort of a member of the media. I, I've I been keep... there on numerous occasions. Nobody ever... <laughs> Fine. Just let me pay full price all this huh. time. Thanks so much. I thought you knew that. No, of course well, not. No. That's it's like how I told... That's like how Peter Carlin wanted to deck me because I told him I didn't write my cable off of my taxes. Eh. All right. Jesus. It's a complicated world we live in, in which we live. Whatever. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Uh, you should also ask Tim what else you can get into, by the way. Tim, what else can get in, can I get into as a member of the media? I don't know. Where would you like to go? Universal Studios? That's something separate. Okay. but may, So but def, definitely Disneyland. Yes. All right. Excellent. All right. How can I help you today, sir? Uh, answer to your numbers. Uh, think of the numbers as pre-lottery. And back in the days before we had convenience stores that were really convenience stores, wherever people would go to get their groceries, their butcher, whatever, there would be a place where you would go in and find the numbers that were pulled that day. Um, it's referenced in a lot of things where cops always played their badge numbers. It's usually a, a group of, like, four numbers, like 3812 or whatever it was. And so who who pulled the number? Like, who was the guy deciding what that day's number was? The mob. And so, but I mean... I, I, I don't know if there's a... There, theoretically, there would be a an official number puller, and then it just got disseminated across the board as to, you know. And everybody would stop in at their local cigar shop or whatever, and you say, look, I want to pick 315, and then later some guy named Lou in a back room pulls the number, and then they let you know what it was. Now, was it, in your, in, based on your understanding of this, was when they ran the numbers, was it typically on the level? Uh, yeah, basically, and, and it wasn't just, it, like I say, it's like the lottery. The house always wins um, because... Because you know, more people play than will win, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it's a, your your payout is a whole lot less than the overall take. Interesting. But it's basically uh, the precursor to the lottery. All right. Well, as always, uh, you know, the mob is doing things way before the government knows how to do them correctly. The mob and, and paves better. the way. Yeah. And better. All right. Excellent. Thank you, sir. Bless you, citizen. Bye. All right. There you go. Uh, here we go. Rick, the numbers game is an illegal lottery played mostly in poor neighborhoods in U.S. cities where the better attempts to pick three or four digits to match those that will be randomly drawn the following day. The gambler places his or her bet with a bookie at a tavern or other semi-private place that acts as a betting parlor. A runner carries the money in the betting slips between the parlor and the headquarters called a numbers bank. Da 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 da. Generally run, uh, and it says it's generally run in an honest or on-the-level fashion because the house does not need to cheat to make money. Interesting. All right, so there you go. 
All right. See, I'm a little smarter than I was just a few minutes ago. Uh, all right. Uh, here's Tim Riley at the Ministry of Truth. Oh, uh, speaking of uh, places, uh, watering holes, it seems there's a decline of the British pub scene going on right now. Apparently, uh, young people who used to go to the pubs after work are now running home to go online and are socializing online instead of going to the pubs, which they have done for thousands of years. The decline also has to do with other things, a smoking ban, a fraying of the old notion of community, and the results of happy hours promotions. Wait, do they have a, some smoking bans in uh, in London? Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yep. I would think that London would... There used to would... be a haven of smoke-filled rooms. I would think that Europe would would resist smoking bans. They because have. It, because there's such a, you know, there's such a life-loving culture, and so, except for cancer. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I mean, they it's like in France. You know, you always hear about in France how everything, everybody's just drinking and smoking constantly. Mm-hmm. So, I guess maybe England is not like the rest of Europe, though. No, so British women always used to complain that British men spend most of their time in the pub. What's the excuse now? Now they're just in the uh, office with the door shut looking at, uh, you know, at, at, at uh, you know, pornography. Mm-hmm. There you go. Can't beat that. Uh, I was trying to come up with, a, like, an adjective for the pornography to make it funnier, but the only one came up with midget porn, and I made that joke earlier. Uh, clown porn? No. But you can re- repeat earlier jokes. <laughs> well, I do often, but I didn't want to do That was too fast a burn cycle even for me. Uh, all right. It's 503-733. Uh, I repeat large chunks of the show later on in the news in the afternoon. Well, Tim, that's uh, that's because your news is too good to only be heard once. Perhaps. So. I mean, you would be doing everybody and yourself a disservice if you didn't broadcast your glorious tidings later on to the people. That's probably Rachel. Uh, Richie, can you uh, check the warm line? Don't forget, later on in the program... Uh, we will be uh, having Ariana Richards from Jurassic Park, uh, uh, also Angus, and apparently she's in I'm Gonna Get You Sucker, which I didn't really know. And you said she's in Tremors. Yeah, she was in Tremors, I think, the first, because there are two Tremors, right? One and two. I haven't seen the original Tremors, which is a great film, in quite some time. So it's possible that she's off to look up her uh, her filmography here in a while. Uh, and then she lives yeah, here she in... she was in Tremors, she was Mindy Sterngood. Uh, see, I have to see a screen capture or something, so I can sort of place her. Uh, but uh, she lives in Oregon. She's now an artist. She's a musician as well, and so we'll uh, have her and talk about all that stuff uh, later on in the 2 o'clock hour. Uh, is is this Rachel McGrath, Richie Bristol? Yes, sir. All right. Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show. I don't think my call screening is working today. I think my, Richie, I think my call screening is not working because it says we've had zero calls, and I know that's not true. Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show from Los Angeles, CNN Radio Correspondents. The one and only Rachel McGrath. Hi, Rachel. How are you today? I'm good. I'm a little worried that you're going to say your call screening wasn't working because I managed to get through to you. No, 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 no. no of course, okay. no. That would, that would be pithy but inaccurate because uh, <laughs> we relish your appearances on this program. I, well, thank you. I look forward to your appearances on this program like other people look forward to the return of the Messiah, Rachel. <laughs> Uh, so, hey, uh, so speaking of the Messiah, I say in a somewhat ham-handed segue, let's talk about Morgan Freeman. Uh, so, first of all, I didn't know he was 71, but I think it's only because he's one of those guys that has always seemed old. You know what I mean? He's sort of ageless. Well, he, he's been old since he, he became famous. I mean, can you believe, he was like, I think he was 50, 51 when he made Driving Miss Daisy, which yeah. is the, the Oscar-winning film that actually put him on the map. And before that, the only thing he was really known for was uh, an American television series called uh, The Electric Company. Yeah, which I didn't even know. Yeah. There you go. He so, played uh, a uh, he yeah. he played among other things a character called Vincent the Vegetable Vampire. So <laughs> he did 
And he did this TV show, and then he sort of vanished, and then he did Driving Miss Daisy, and then from then it was like his career really, really just exploded. I mean, he's done not just a lot of film. We're talking about like if he's dead, but I mean, just, but not just a lot of film, but a lot of high-profile films. Not just The Dark Knight. I mean, Shawshank Redemption, uh, you know, immediately comes to mind. Uh, so, uh, you know, he's really a guy that he's really a guy that defines the word gravitas. I mean, that's a very overused term, but he has a presence that is, I would say, matched by almost no one. Yeah, he, and, and not only that, he, he can he can act. I mean, he's good at what he does. He's a great character actor, and he's also one of the nicest people you'll ever meet um, coming out uh, who works in Hollywood. I mean, so the fact that he doesn't even live in Hollywood for a startup, the fact that he prefers to live in Mississippi, says a lot about him. And, and I've met him several times. I've been lucky enough to in, interview him several uh, several occasions. And I have to say, he's one of the most unpretentious, unspoiled, kindest, sweetest guys you could ever meet. See, I'm so glad to hear you say that because it's like if you had just said. Like, in real life, he's an ass. Like, yeah. I just would have... I yeah. mean, because he just... Because Morgan Freeman just seems like such a good... Like, he's... You know what it is? He is, in most of his roles, not all, but in many of his roles, Morgan Freeman is the guy where you're watching the screen and you just, you just really hope that that guy... That he is that guy on the screen. That he is that mm -hmm. character. And a lot of times, that's not the... There's a... Um, there is a... I won't say who, but there's, a, there's a, an actress... Um, there, there's an actress that I'm quite fond of, and it's not that I'm really fond of her. I'm just fond of a character she played on. I'll say it. It's Allison Hannigan, who played uh, Willow Rosenberg on Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Mm -hmm. And Willow Rosenberg is just one of the greatest characters ever. And I've heard, maybe this isn't true, but I've heard from a lot of people who've met Allison Hannigan that she's, um, let's put it, that she is um, sometimes a bit brusque. Uh, and uh, a little prickly sometimes. And, you know, that's very disheartening. Morgan Freeman said the greatest thing one time. They were asking him why... He didn't do commercials. I mean, he does some PSAs and whatever. But he doesn't really do. He doesn't really voice like a lot of like. This is Morgan Freeman for Sugar Water. Like he doesn't do a lot of those. And they asked him why. They said, "Why don't you do more and you know more more commercials like that?" And he said, "He said well, I don't know. He said I've learned that people really have a tendency to believe anything I say, and so I don't want to misuse that power. And it just seemed like such a cool thing. So yeah. anyway, so what what's up with the action? How did it happen? And is it serious? Well, we're not clear exactly um, how it happened, but we do know that uh, he was driving back uh, from a friend's house towards his home uh, in Mississippi, Mississippi late on Sunday night, and for some reason the car left the, the road and, and somersaulted. It flipped two or three times um, from bumper to the front of the, um, you know, the, the, the hood and went over and over and uh, ended up in a ditch. Uh, Morgan Freeman and his passenger had to be cut free from the wreckage and airlifted to a medical center in Memphis. Um, it seems that um, it may have been that he fell asleep at the wheel. Uh, investigators say there's no evidence of a drug or alcohol being involved in the crash. They suspect it might be that he simply fell asleep at the wheel or it was raining very hard, so maybe the road was, was slick and uh, he misjudged something. But anyway, uh, we do know that he's undergone surgery. He's got several broken bones and head and uh, neck injuries. He's undergone surgery to repair nerves uh, and damage to his left arm and shoulder. And apparently he's come through that okay, and uh, he's just resting up in hospital uh, in a lot of pain, according to a friend of his. But apart from that, he's in good spirits. And so this, uh, because yeah, there have been some sort of weird stories earlier where they couldn't quite get it all uh, together. But it's uh, all in all nothing to be concerned about. No, but except at his age, of course, you know, um, one has to be concerned because anything like that that creates a big shock to the system and knocks you around the way that he, he was knocked around, um, that has to be a concern. Also, where you're talking about uh, damage, uh, which may have um, 
involves sort of breaks in the skin and undergoing surgery, infection is always a risk in cases like that. So I'm sure that, you know, it is fairly serious and I'm sure that he's being um, watched very carefully by his, his doctors uh, to make sure that everything goes smoothly. But, you know, touch wood, it, it should uh, lead to recovery. They think it could take him three to four months. Now, he was due to start work on a film about the life of Nelson Mandela. Um, we're not, we don't know yet whether that's going to have to be delayed because of his injuries. All right. Well, uh, we will send the good vibe his way. Um, all right, Rachel McGrath, as always a pleasure. We will hopefully talk to you in the immediate future. All right. You have a great day. All right, thank you, Rachel McGrath, ladies and gentlemen. Excellent. Wonderful. All his right. nerves were disconnected. <laughs> wow. Ah, that that doesn't connect them back together. That doesn't sound possible. That sounds like you're made. That sounds like a thing you make up. I've had to just. I'm sorry. I had to disconnect That's all your nerves. That's what his people said. Yeah. Uh, oh, by the way, okay, so um, so Ariana Richards and Tremor, she's the girl trying to break the world record for pogo sticking. So there you go. All right. And then, Did you guys see the picture of the accident of his car? No, no. Is it freaky? Yeah, it's completely flattened. Yeah. You have a picture of it? Right Let there. me see. Oh, wow. That's one of those things that's like, how did you even, you know, like, how did you even get out of that without dying? That was a Lexus? Yeah. Uh, no, it wasn't. It was a Maxima. The 1997 Nissan Maxima. Which I was sort of surprised, you know, you sort of he's figure, thrifty. yeah, you sort of figure movie star, he's going to be in a BMW, he's going to be in some type of a 1997 Nissan Maxima. How cool is that? Sort of makes him more accessible. He does. Uh, well, and I got Mississippi, it's probably like a Cadillac. And I, it's all relative. Uh, I do have to say, I dig the fact that he doesn't live in Hollywood. I always like it when those big movie stars, you know, like Harrison Ford, I think, doesn't live there. Like a Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie live in New Orleans. Yeah, it's just, uh, you know. Right, you go there to make the money. Once you make it, you get the hell out. Who <laughs> wants to live there? It's, like really, it's a terrible seriously. place, really. It's a horrendous place. It's like a cheese grater for the soul, Tim. Uh -oh. Don't uh, I know it. <laughs> <laughs> just, uh, just, just make make your bank and get over the wall. Mm -hmm. All right, here's Tim Riley. It's a fine place to visit, but living there, no, it's another thing entirely. Anyway, let's talk about that American Airlines jumbo jet that made an emergency landing at LAX due to smoke in the cabin. The jet touched down at... Are you yawning as I'm reading this? No. I, I I just... No, I was inhaling some... This was... Oh, okay. Drinking <laughs> some Viso. It I wasn't like yawning. Loud, no, I was... No, I'm, like no, 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 I'm sorry. I didn't mean to give it... No, I'm drinking my Viso, and it's, it's, a, it's about two-thirds empty, so I got that thing going on. It's, it's a little... Deep, really yeah, my breath is sort of uh, echoing inside of it. Uh, so anyway, the uh, pilot made the right decision. Every pilot in the world is going to immediately turn around. They, they, they will never take that kind of a risk that it could uh, it could erupt into something more uh, well developed. Wait, hold on. All right, there you go. All right, here's Tim Riley. Well, that story's over. I'm just seeing if we can make everybody in Portland yawn. Yeah, sort of a precursor to the Emerson don't address thing. And <laughs> happening this Friday. Somebody else may be listening that we really don't want to hear that. Um, there the... will come a time when people will be yawning. <laughs> Not right now. <laughs> I don't know. Everybody's listening to the... going and make the most of this day. They're, they're all... Everybody's <laughs> listening to the show, and they're just yawning. It's the strangest thing. Uh that's exactly, that's exactly what we want is like for the consultant to be listening to start yawning uncontrolled with the owner of the company. Here, Mr. Moonvest, let's, you know. Time for your nap. Yeah, seriously. Uh, Give me the Rick Emerson show right away. That is, a, that, is, that is a precursor to 888, which is coming up this Friday, uh, August 8th, 2008. This coming Friday, 888, the Emerson Address, where we try to get uh, every single radio, every single web stream, every single pair of speakers in Portland and Oregon and beyond uh, tuned to this very fine radio station uh, as we make one glorious address to all of the assembled peoples of the world. Uh, our friend uh, Sarah in Puerto Rico has already said she's going to be piping it into 432 different office uh, yeah, offices on 10 floors 
of a Puerto Rican office building. So, uh, so great. It is, it's pretty fantastic. So more on that as it unfolds. Here's Tim Riley. So as we get closer to the election, we're finding out that these politicians are just plain old politicians, and they're going to change so much that nothing will ever happen that'll be most to the good of anyone. Yes. Here's such an example. And it comes from Barack Obama, of all people, who's supposed to be the saint. He has suggested releasing more oil from the Strategic Petroleum Reserve as a way to ease gas prices, and he'll also bend on offshore drilling. Like all compromises, this one has its drawbacks. It does include a limited amount of new offshore drilling. And while I still don't believe that's a particularly meaningful short-term or long-term solution, what I've said is I'm willing to consider it if it's necessary to actually pass a comprehensive plan. Let's all kiss up to the oil companies. <coughs> More of the same. More of the same. <coughs> all right. See? That was we I were just discussing that last week. Oh, I know. It's I mean it's look, I I have nothing personally against Barack Obama any more than I have anything personally against John McCain. Uh, but anybody who clings to the belief that the two-party system is the way out of our current debacle is deluding themselves. So I know I just when we were in Kennewick, I had this big sort of I wanted an argument, but a little bit of a dust-up uh, with my brother and his wife, my brother and my sister-in-law, because they're big, you know, they're big Obama supporters and. My brother's a smart guy. He really is. And I don't mean for this to sound condescending. He's a smart guy, but he was just... But you're smarter. No, it's not It's not even really that. It was, But it was, it's more of that, like, what's your deal with, you know, why do you support Barack Obama? And he's like, well, it's changed. It's weakened. And I was like, well, what does that mean? Uh, and I was making the observation that I think I made here a while back, which is that it is sort of... I'm, I'm, There'll be a couple of cosmetic changes once again. And then it's back to business. I mean, maybe maybe, maybe it wasn't here. Might have been, I, we might have been talking to somebody in person. But I was making this point that, you know, it's supposed to be that uh, the, the conventional wisdom is that as you get older, you become more conservative, right? I mean, how often do you know that? It's like your parents, you know, as, your parents, as soon as your parents hit 60, they love the government and they love the president and they trust the government to do everything for them and they cling to guns and butter and religion and, and the man. So it's this conventional wisdom that when you're young... You really want to shake things up, and you really want to go out and just sort of remake everything. But the the, uh, the older you get, the you more it's useless. Yeah, you wasted everyone's time. It is, <laughs> and then hope is futile. Uh, but but you know, the, but it's conventional wisdom that as you get older, you cling to the government more. But it doesn't see. It seems to be working in reverse with Barack Obama, where all of these. Now I'm trying to knock young people or college kids just for being younger in college, but all of these like these kids who are supporting Barack Obama. They're just clinging to this two-party system, just convinced that the old way of doing politics will work. And that's, I mean, it really sort of, it really sort of surprises me that you've got all these college kids who are so embracing traditional politics when traditional politics don't work. I mean, the two-party system will never fix anything. Nothing will ever get better under the traditional two-party because the two parties are exactly the same. Because the Democrats are on the inside what the Republicans are on the outside. And the two parties are so similar as to be almost inconsequentially different. But you've got this whole weird generation of, of kids who are really just embracing the traditional political system in this country as though it's ever going to fix anything, which it won't. So, I mean, it's, it's all very weird. Everything seems to be running in reverse with kids sort of loving government. It's just sort of freaking me out. But, you know, what are you going to do? Can't make people smarter, Tim. No, we don't even try. Let's do one more. We aim right squarely for the middle here. That's what we do. Let's do one more, and then we'll take a break. We'll come back and check in with Adam at the uh, track. All right. Well, New York Mayor Bloomberg rolled out the red carpet at Gracie Mansion to welcome home Hillary Clinton. 400 guests attended a black tie affair to celebrate Hillary Clinton's historic presidential run. And it was such an extraordinary experience and you know so many people here in New York helped me and they went way out of their way. I traveled all over, did so much for me and it was an honor.
Mm-hmm. Bill Clinton says he's not a racist. There are things that I wish I had told you, <laughs> things I wish I had said, things I wish I hadn't said. But I am not a racist. I never made a racist comment, and I didn't attack him personally. I am not gay. Uh, the media made Hillary out to be a bad guy. He hit her hard a couple of times. They hit us a few times. And weeks before she ever responded in kind. The only thing I ever got mad about was people in your line of work pretending that she had somehow started the negative yeah. stuff. It's no contact sport. Just shut it. Yeah. No one cares. Just stifle down. There'll be time to bump your gums at the convention. <laughs> All right, let's take a break. Come back after this. We'll check in with... Adam at the uh, at the track. He is at the uh, is at Southeast 31st and Powell, uh, the Cleveland High Track. As Ryan's run, the great Timmy Ryan Portland jog off continues. Later on, Ariana Richards in the studio, and more from Tim Riley around the corner. Stay there. Why, hello, it's the Rick Emerson. Radio program, an excursion into whimsy. Uh, coming up later on in the program, Ariana Richards from Jurassic Park, Tremors, Angus, uh, now an artist and musician living and working here in Oregon. Uh, she'll be in the studio with us uh, later on. Uh, let's see. I'm going to try not to be freaked out by the fact that she's apparently gorgeous, by the way. So. Uh, oh, have you not seen pictures no, of her? No, I prefer not to. Beautiful. I don't want to know. Yeah, you're going <laughs> to. I don't want to know. It's going to freak me out. You're going to be a mess. Oh, I love you. <laughs> I'm a loser. Uh, all right, uh, let's see. Let's uh, now. Um, now, welcome to the Rick Emerson Show. Adam from the Pim Squad, who is on location at the uh, Cleveland High Track, Southeast 31st and Powell, uh, for the great Timmy Ryan Portland jog off. Hello, Adam. How are things going? Run like a canyon, Timmy. Run like a canyon. Uh, hello? Hi. How you doing? Oh, hi, Rick. How's, how, how are things going down there? You know. Same old, same old. All right. running. So we're, where, we're where, where are we at lap-wise and time-wise? Give us the official count. Okay, so time-wise, two hours and two minutes. Uh, lap-wise, let me get over to my scorecard here. Lap-wise, uh, he is on lap number 58. He's only got... Only got six know, left. Laps. Six yeah, laps left. On, yeah. All right, actually, good. Okay, so that is, let's see here. Uh, let me see if I can uh, do some quick calculations. That's 58, two hours, uh, two, 120, 122, 122. All right, so his pace is his pace has slowed a bit, but at this point we it would we would need a much more drastic fall off for him not to make it, or for one of his legs just to give out. Well, that's the sign of a smart runner, Rick. He knows how much time he has left, and he's starting <laughs> to pace himself a little slower. He's he's, he's you know keeping the reserves fresh in case he's got a sprint at the end. He's using yeah. the clock to his advantage. Yeah, also uh, there's a listener out here who bought some sort of like surface area temperature gauge thing. Yes. And on the track here, it is uh, about 155 degrees. <laughs> <laughs> that is fantastic. And whenever Timmy runs by, it smells like burnt sideburn. <laughs> <laughs> that is great. That's the best thing I've heard all day. Oh, that's enough to make me smile. All right, uh, so do me a favor. Uh, we don't have anybody else scheduled on the warm line. You have okay. the warm line number. Will you uh, give us check-ins over the next every five minutes or so and as we get closer to the goal? Uh, okay, and, Rick, it's a real honor to be a part of history. I just wanted to thank you for that. All right, hey, by the way, how bad do you think that wife beater smells? I think it smells, on a scale of 1 to 10, 4,010. All right, excellent. Thank you. I'll put you back on hold. There's Adam from the Pimp Squad. Uh, he is there at the track at Southeast 
Uh, 31st and Powell, uh, the Cleveland High running track, where Timmy Ryan is inching ever closer uh, to the goal. All right, here's uh, Tim Riley at the Ministry of Truth. From California comes word, an Orange County team falls 40 feet while skateboarding on a roof. This is from Mission Viejo. Excellent. A 14-year-old skateboarder plunged 40 feet through a skylight while riding the skateboard on the roof of the Orange County High School gym. Ah, well done. Way to go. The boy has a fractured right wrist, ribs, pelvis, and a bruised right lung. The team was on the roof of the Trubaco High School in Mission Viejo with three friends when he went through the skylight. (laughs) The roof was a popular space for skateboarders, said the chief of police. I'm just, in my head, I immediately cut to the shot from inside the building as he's like... Right through the, you know. And they've responded to calls at least twice for skateboarders on the roof. Jesus there was God. Fence. All right. Kids, I'll tell you. Place in Atlantic Beach, Florida, say they They've charged a woman with domestic battery after she struck her husband with frozen lasagna. Amanda Trott uh, used the frozen food as a weapon during an argument with her husband, whose name has not yet been released. Mr. Trott claimed Mrs. Trott slapped him across the face several times with frozen lasagna and then struck him on the top of the head. Amanda tried a minute to hop so she used uh, the frozen lasagna to hit her husband. In my opinion, it hurts very much and causes welts. It's like throwing a block of ice and it's very heavy. The husband's also arrested on unrelated charges. Later in the investigation, they discovered that Mr. Trott had violated an injunction and he was also arrested. Doesn't Mr. Trott sound like uh, some character in a children's book? It does. All right. A uh, St. Louis man is dead and a teenager in custody after shooting over a cheeseburger. The victim is 26-year-old Carl Sharp. The 16-year-old victim has not been yet uh, released, the suspect, rather. Uh, Sharp returned home around 12.30 in the morning after purchasing three cheeseburgers. The suspect apparently became angry because he arrested two burgers and not three. The men ate the sandwiches and the suspect left. A short time later, police say the team returned and shot Sharp three times. He was pronounced dead at the scene. The 16-year-old took off on a bicycle and was taken into custody. Uh, Sharp is a recent college graduate who survived by his wife and children. Uh, by the way, this email says, uh, Rick, for the inevitable made-for-TV movie, what will the title of Timmy Ryan's excursion into jogging be? I don't really know the answer to that. If this were, It wouldn't be for Lifetime, though. This would be like an FX. This would be like a Will Ferrell uh, movie. Uh, the title of this would be, wait, wait, hold on. Well, jog off is pretty good. I don't really know. I don't really know that I can beat that one. I don't think that's no, I, don't, I think that's as good. As I don't think anything is better than Timmy Ryan, the Great Portland Jog Off. I mean, come on, uh, and you could you could really just see the poster in front of it too, where he's just. Uh, anyway, so uh, yeah, I don't know, sir. I don't think that that. I don't think uh, Adam. I don't think that can be bested. So all right, here's uh, Tim Riley, the Ministry of Truth. Uh, this comes to us from Palm Beach, Florida. Palm Beach. Damn it. Two men are taken into custody after being accused of breaking into a home to steal two dozen cans of beer. Uh, 18-year-old Justin Sullivan and 18-year-old Charles Acton are charged with occupied burglary and theft. After Palm Beach were called to a home and uh, there were reports of a break-in, the homeowner told police he opened the front door and spotted several teens running through his enclosed porch. He told police he noticed two dozen cans of beer were taken from the fridge, uh, which, oh, he kept the refrigerator outside on the porch. Bad move. Police are uh, talking to the homeowner, and an officer heard moving in the woods not far from the house. They spotted several people running from the area. A police dog later found the teenagers and bit him. The two men were taken to jail. Hey, Richie, are we talking to Nina Parker today? Did we talk to her when I was gone? Did you talk to Nina Parker last week? All right, never mind. Let's. I retract it. Let's forget I said that. Never mind. 
What happened? Nothing. Don't worry about it. We'll take it out in post. All right. Here's Tim Riley. Police fired water cannons at thousands of protesters as the president got a bullet, uh, well, a very bad reception in South Korea. It's part of his three-nation Asian trip. During de- demonstrations, there reflected mixed sentiments for the U.S. Public opinion surveys remain generally positive but American. But many people decry Washington for a variety of issues. Bush will meet uh, today with the president for the third time since the conservative pro-American leader took place. About 18,000 peep, uh, police were on high alert with riot gear and bomb-snipping dogs to maintain order during the brief visit. About 30,000 people gathered in front of Seoul City Hall. And, uh, well, a lot of people didn't like the fact that he was there. So that's that. Uh, police women in Germany are getting bulletproof brassiers. Yes, thousands of police ladies will receive what are called bulletproof bras, made of white cotton and featuring the word police, that's German for police, um, along the seam. The bras are meant to uh, better protect police women who wear bulletproof vests. There's a slight safety risk for women wearing normal bras and metal parts underneath a bulletproof vest. If the vest is hit by a projectile, this can have an impact on the metal bit in the bra underneath and cause injuries. There are some 3,000 police women in Germany's Federal Police League that we equip with the new bras. They feature no metal parts and look like regular sporting bras. Uh, I think this is probably Adam. Let's um, just go now to Adam. Two hours, ten minutes. Wait, what? Water. I got to go get some water. Wait, is he finished? No, 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 no. He's got about... Four laps to go. Two hours, ten minutes. So we are now at 60 laps. What was that? Hello. Yes, hi, this is Rick. Uh, so we are, where are we at? Okay, so he just finished lap number 60. So he's got four left, and he's got over a half hour. Rick, yeah, I hope your public speaking chops are sharp, <laughs> because it's going down. Excellent. This is going to make the roast look like romper room. All right. Well, I, I think there may be a minute limit that we put on the speech he creates for us. But, yes, it is. So he... he just finished. I had to do that. All right. Uh, so we are now within. So he is one mile away. Is that where we are now? Yes, that's right. He's got. He just finished. He's uh, just under a mile to go now. All right. What is the? Uh, what would you say is the general tone and tenor of the crowd that's in attendance right now, Adam? The crowd. You know, it was a little split at the beginning, but man, they have really rallied behind that little midget Tim, and, <laughs> and they're really they're all high fiving. And we're actually going to do. Um, it's quite possible that uh, he will have some company on the last lap. They, please tell me everyone is going to do. They're all going to do the lap at the end for Johnny. I, you know, there have been talks. I think that might go down. We have some finishing line tape, too, that Shelly and I are going to hold for him. Excellent. And so um, it, it, would you say that the crowd started off being either uh, undecided or opposed to him, but now the crowd is firmly in his corner? This crowd is 100% behind him. All it's, right. it's really, it's, you can't not be pulling for this little midget right here because he's really putting his all into it. That sweaty bastard is giving it everything he has. And you know, he's, I told him he could slow down when he had a lot of time left, and he just keeps on chugging. It looks like he may have pooped his pants, but that's not slowing him down. <laughs> what about these, wow, what about these, uh, what, what about these alleged shoulder hickeys? Shoulder hickeys? Yeah, Kristen Bowie said that he appears to have two large hickeys on each shoulder. I believe those are brown recluse bites. All right, excellent. Uh, so where is he now? Is he still on lap 60? Uh, he's got about a quarter lap left to go for six, about three and a quarter laps. Uh, it's a, we're, we're smelling history here, Rick. It's going to be grand. All right, and so uh, and so this is and you said that the temperature on the ground was exceptional as of as of the last registering. 
Upwards of 150 degrees, Rick. Wow. Is it now just for you standing out there in the sun? Would you say is it uh, is it unbearable? Not unbearably, but is it unpleasantly hot? Uh, well, yeah, I think like an hour ago, I told you it wasn't so bad. It's definitely this. This is where it started to kick into high gear. It's it's pretty damn hot. I right see now. now that we should have started later in the day. Really, the run should have begun. The run should have begun at noon. <laughs> uh, well, there he is. Coming there by. He's, he's run, little midget, run. Three laps to go, Rick. All right, fantastic. Call I'm gonna... inside of ten minutes. All right, I'll put you back on hold. All right, or you know, I'll just call us back. All right, there you go. Wow. It's, uh, this is getting very exciting. It is. It it's really the finish is. line, both literally and figuratively, the finish line is near. By the way, uh, so that is happening right now. If you want to stop by and be uh, be a part of this uh, momentous, a word like that. Momentous? <laughs> I'm kind of loopy today. If you want to, this, moment, <laughs> this momentous, good thing I'm doing an interview in like 10 minutes. Um, if you want to stop by and be part of this momentous moment, is what I meant to say, uh, in human history, you can stop by now that Southeast 31st and Powell, uh, right there at Cedar High, at the, or at the Cleveland High uh, track, right there across from, there's that brew pub there, there's the Minuteman uh, Press, right next to the bowling alley. If you want to uh, stop by, they've got about three laps left, uh, and they will be uh, checking back in with us. And then uh, tomorrow, we'll probably have uh, Timmy come into the studio and give his recap, and then he'll present whatever the horrific speech we have to give. So here's... Are you going to put up a bronze plaque in memory of, of Timmy on this track? Maybe just a golden statue, Tim. Maybe just some sort of a large, maybe like a 130% uh, life-size, uh, you know, like that like that statue of Freddie Mercury they've got in that that little town in the Czech Republic, mm-hmm. where for no reason it's like Freddie Mercury doing the God stance, like in the middle of the town square, and it's like three times life. So, something like that. All right, uh, here's Tim Riley at the Ministry of Truth. Well, talk about swing town, this is... Swing country. A quarter of all, all Italian couples take part in wife swapping, according to a new poll. Good for them. The poll suggests the wife swapping may have increased across the country at a rate that makes you dizzy. And uh, they blame uh, places like strip clubs and the Internet. The figure was reached with the help of Federsex, an organization boasting 500,000 men, uh, members that meet in over 200 clubs across Italy to indulge in wife swapping. By the way, I'm looking at this. Have you seen this photo of Tim Ryan? Uh, he looks a little um, Rod Serling-esque in this photo. Uh, this is God, his wife beater's just stuck to his body, like I mean, it's just on him like flies on a rib roast. Right here, somebody just sent it to me. Uh, he does look very. Um, he looks very retro in this, doesn't he? Kind of look like Rod Serling there. Maybe I'm thinking of somebody else, but he's got kind of a. He does look like if that was in black and white. That does kind of look like an old school kind of athletic photo. Uh, I can't tell oh, whether yeah. I can't tell if he's muscular or flabby or some combination of both. I think it's like flab, kind of moving to look like. He kind of looks like Scotty J with sunglasses. Oh, that's an unfortunate thing. He does. Who, who was I just seeing the other day that reminded me for all the world of Scotty J? Some guy. I think it was actually like some quasi celebrity. I saw him being interviewed, and just his sort of general bearing and demeanor. Uh, they were very much the same sort of attributes that Scotty J had. Uh, let's see. So at the end, he'll t- this uh, prediction, he'll end about 135 minutes. That's about eight three eight point three minutes per mile, seven miles an hour average. Um, but this is a good point. This email says, he also claims Ricky runs 12 miles a day. I doubt this is a daily ritual for him. Uh, P.S. He is still a douche. All right, here's uh, Tim Riley. Caught on camera, a crowded escalator goes backwards. Police in Tokyo investigated an escalator accident that left 10 people injured and was filled with more than 120 people when it suddenly stopped and moved in the opposite direction, causing people at the bottom to fall on top of each other. 
Police said the escalator that connects the first to fourth floors of an exhibition hall was overloaded, and as many as three to four people were standing on each step. That's as crowded as a Japanese cat. The manufacturer said the machine should have stopped and locked in place. But somehow, well, things went awry. Uh, this email says, Rick, about that Florida sounder. Are you really that lame when it comes to hitting the Florida sounder? For months, I thought it was like an act, but now I wonder. You're a long-time radio profession with lots of supposed experience in radio timing and post-hitting, yet you beat Sarah to that sounder one out of ten times. It's a sincere question. Uh, I'm just wondering. No, it is, it is in fact not an act. I, uh, whenever Tim says... This is like it's like a you can't do that on television kind of thing. Whenever Tim says, say it. Florida. That was Sarah, by the way. Uh, I wasn't trying that time. That was sure, I wasn't even out of sure. the didn't even get out of the starting blocks that time. Uh, it is a but see here's the thing. Sarah has an advantage in that Sarah's computer screen doesn't have anything else on it. It's just a big panel of buttons that Sarah can press. I have one screen. Sarah has three different computer no, screens. Usually my log is up because I, I pull up the log there, so it's always the log. Then I have to switch back to a different tab and then try and find the phone. I'm simply making the point that you have three different computer screens on which to spread out all of your various applications. I have, I have one screen. I have a screen onto which I must fit many dozens of windows. Uh, one for email, one for station email, one for call screening, one for the sound, one for my speaker control, one for my files. So, and, th and then, like, the actual sound, you've got, like, one big bank of buttons, whereas I have this little tiny window with six mini banks that I have to scroll through to find the Florida sounder. I'm at a distinct disadvantage here. Life so hard. I'm just saying I'm exa I'm like that uh, I'm like that uh, Oscar guy with no legs who runs in the marathons. He and I, we're it, it's exa it is sort of like that. Speaking of marathons, shouldn't we? Oh hey, we're there. Let's say uh, good for you. Let's uh, now go to the phones and let's Adam from the Pim Squad joining us from the Cleveland High Track at 31st Rick. and Powell. Yes, Rick. Timmy has just commenced his final lap. He's been joined by a dozen or so listeners. This is quite a sight to behold. I don't believe I've ever seen anything quite like this. Is Rick. this being filmed, sir? Yes, sir. It is. Most Shelly is behind the camera. All right. Give us just give us the the, the, the give us the, both the play by play and the color as we head towards the finale. Okay. So uh, Timmy Ryan is ahead of the pack. He's got a wayward ragtag group of latchers on, like barnacles on the on a ship, Rick. They all want a piece of glory, and he's uh, he's about to hit the uh, halfway mark of this final lap. He's got a half a lap to go until he cements the Pip Squad's place in history as the greatest three-man AM radio team of sidekicks ever. Halfway, Rick. So he's past the halfway mark. He's approaching the last corner of the track. He has kind of slowed. You can see... The wear in his face, he looks like a man who just got back from the Korean War. Is there, a, is there finish line tape up for him? The finish line tape is being held by a couple of listeners. Thank you to our officer, he said this was cool. Uh, officer Reed Hunt of Portland Finest has supplied us with some uh, police tape to use as the finish line. Thank you, sir. Thank you, officer. Good for so, you. Uh, let's get, we're getting out to it, Rick. I'm so excited. He's got probably like 20 seconds away. He's reaching the whole stretch. Oh, my God, he's just collapsed and died. <laughs> just kidding. He's up and he's full up. He's ready. He's got to do it. Pink shirt right next to him. It's a home stretch, Rick. Here we go. History is about to be made today. Oh, that guy was a show. Hey, oh, how does it feel? You can laugh this in Oh, yeah. He's done it, Rick. He's done it. Oh, the road to party, Rick. People are 
tree. He's sweating profusely. I'm about to try to get it. Oh, what I'm going to do a little biocontestant suppression here. Okay, I'm, I'm by the man. He have a few words with the champion. He's very, very wet, and I don't mean the good kind. <laughs> well, okay, Timmy. Timmy, he's, he's on the ground. He's on his back. He's, he's, he's refusing all help from our listeners. Timmy, do you have anything to say with Rick on the air? Under 245, bitches. <laughs> Straight from the champion's mouth. Well done, Timmy. He shocked the world, Rick. The pin squad has proved the world wrong. It's Timmy Ryan. It's the king of Portland AM radio besides you. That's fantastic. Excellent. Oh, It sounds Jimmy like it sounds like everybody. pandemonium, Adam. It's pandemonium. There are tens of people here, Rick, and I'm uh, patting him on the back. Shelly is massaging him with a brick of ice. <laughs> That's disgusting. You know, he's he's cool under pressure. He's not even fired. Tim, you got anything else to say? Thanks everybody for showing up and uh, f you up, people who doubted me. That's <laughs> why all you doubters can go walk off a pier because Tim Ryan proved you wrong. <laughs> who cares if he's annoying and crass and short? <laughs> he can run 16 miles in under 245. Excellent. Thank you so much, Adam. Thank you for Rick, all your help we, today. Rick, we may come back to the station to do an indoor victory lap. All right. Please have him man. run through the building in the same clothes he is currently wearing. It may happen, Rick. You just have to stick around and find out. So all you salespeople, get the cologne out because it's going to reek like victory. All right. Excellent. There you go. At, uh, at the Cleveland High Track, ladies and gentlemen. Adam from the Pim Squad there for a moment of history as Timmy Ryan proves that he can, in fact, eat 50 eggs and run 16 miles in less than 2 hours and 45 minutes. Back after this, Ariana Richards, Tim Riley, uh, and uh, more of your calls. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Show. Don't go anywhere. Emerson Radio Program. It's 503-733-2970. Thank you for joining us today. Coming up later on, more headlines with Tim Riley. Uh, there is a distinct possibility that Timmy Ryan will be here doing a victory lap in the building in some sort of foul wife beater that reeks of oh, his own perspiration. Oh, totally. They're bombing down the road as we speak. Also, it should be noted for those playing the CBS Radio home game, it smells like some sort of walking death in the hallway. And I don't know to what to ascribe that smell, but it's... A, it smells like a sewer line broke or something. Seriously, I mean, it's it really does. There's there's a there's a decided decidedly off-putting stench emanating from somewhere near the engineering department. So I don't know where it came from, but if you're coming by, I'd suggest you avoid that part of the building. All right, uh, let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show. We've been talking about I think it was like six, eight, ten, twelve weeks ago we started talking about this. Because Richie, who is really like the Zen master of sort of the booking guests and getting people in the show, and he surprises us every now and again, and he's like, hey, do you guys want to have uh, Ariana Richards on, 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 you know, on the show? And I said, well, yes, but I mean, how would that be possible? He said, well, she's living in, 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 in Salem or whatever, and, and, I, and we had no idea. Uh, and so, and Sarah and I are 
I have to say, let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show, Annie Richards. First of all, hello. Hello. Hey. Thank you for Good. coming by. You're very welcome. Yeah. Richie roped me in. Here I am. Hey, this has been a long road here because I know you were off kind of doing some stuff. If, if I can just get my fanboy gushing out of the way, like uh, right up top. <laughs> we did this with Ed Bagley Jr. about Arrested Development, and now we'll do it with you. I love Angus. Angus is the best movie ever made. The greatest movies ever. Seriously. Uh, I mean... There are no words. I mean, it's uh, it's a fantastic film. Well, thank you so much. I love gushing. Bring it on. No, hey, no, I hey. I'm like the gush master general over here. So, so, but now it's all over, right? You said it was just going to be no, one message. No, right? now I'm going to be a calm, cool professional like for the rest of the interview. It's uh, it's going to be all bloodless from here on in. Oh, well. Um, <laughs> so, I, I don't even know sort of where to begin. So, let's just work. We'll do that thing they do in books, uh, you know, where they, where they start at the beginning and then they jump back and work their way forward again. So... And I hope I didn't speak out of turn by saying, do you live in Salem or you live in Oregon? Can I ask? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've got my art studio up here. It's awesome. I love it. And you've got a couple different, I was uh, I saw on your uh, Wikipedia entry uh, that you have a couple different websites. There's one for art and I think is another one for your yeah, kind of more my, visual stuff, your acting? Yeah, my fine art stuff is galleryariana.com mm-hmm. and my acting stuff is uh, ariana.org. You can get all of my film history and everything there. Um, and then there's arianarichards.com. So there are three. All right, so there's galleryariana.org. Gallery no, 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 no. Ar- oh, I've already muffed it right out of the gate. I, right. I can't yet. Yeah, going exactly. to fix this whole thing in post. We'll have to start it all over. All right. I know. Let's do this one more time. Speak to me as though I'm a not very bright child. Okay. Um, for my oil paintings, it's galleryariana.com. And for my um, music and stuff like that, it's arianarichards.com. All right, there we go. And for my film history... It is ariana.org. Uh, just Ariana. Yes. All right, there we go. Okay. Do you ever get snarky letters from Ariana Huffington demanding that you give it to her? You know, it's been really difficult. Actually, I'd rather not talk about it. You know, it's, it's really disturbing sometimes. It's all going yep. to end in fisticuffs. I think it is, really. Yeah. Uh-huh. So you are from, you're born in California, correct? I certainly was. All right. So, uh, and you are now here, and you're sort of, I mean, you're kind of the queen of multitasking right now, because you've got a painting, and you've actually brought one of your paintings in, which is beautiful. Uh, well, that, thank you so much. Incredible. It, it really you. is. And uh, can I tell you that you could take all of my artistic ability and fit it inside the navel of a flea, so. I am just so envious uh, of and impressed by anybody who has any artistic talent. But it's really beautiful. And you, I mean, you have a whole, I mean, it's, it's a whole, you, I mean, you have lots and lots of these. Richie actually passed along an email that had just uh, sort of some, you know, some JPEGs or some images of your paintings. I mean, it's really impressive. Well, thanks. Thanks. Yeah, it's, it's awesome. I mean, I, I totally love this, this fine artwork. It is fantastic. I'm doing a lot of figures in landscape right now. I do portraits. Um, it's great. You know, I kind of get to be my own director. Like, I get to be in my studio, put on whatever music I'm in the mood for, work with, you know, whatever I'm inspired to do and, and paint. It's really great. And we'll do all the sort of uh, nerd questions uh, oh later. But I do have a question about this because I, I don't know, Woody Allen said this great thing one time. He was talking about people who could draw specifically. And he said, uh, he, he had this phrase, he said, if you can do it, there's nothing to it. Meaning the people who have the ability to sing, to paint, the dance, whatever, like they never see anything exceptional about it. They can just sort of, like, I will get as dumb as this sounds. Uh, I will get people go, I just, I don't know how you talk for four hours every day. It's staggering. And it's like, and it's, as my mother will tell you, it's really my only demonstrable skill. Like, I just open my mouth and just a torrent of, you know, words just comes out. But when, like, how do you, this may sound dumb, but how do you figure out that you can paint that well? I mean, is that a thing? Do you, is it, do you, do you literally just start as a kid with, like, stick figures and then it just is like an exponential thing? How do you? 
How do you get from there to here? You know, that is a really good question, Rick. Um, it's not one of those things that I just really fell out of bed doing, although I, I did uh, draw quite a bit, and my first self-portrait really was quite awful, I think. Um, no one would have really have known it was me. I was only three, though, so I have to give myself a break, I suppose. I can't be too much of a perfectionist. Um, <laughs> but, um, do you I still do, have it, though? I, I do. Actually, my parents saved it. Uh, bless their hearts. It's Excellent. a wonderful thing. Parents save everything. It, isn't it wonderful? Yes. yes. So that history is there. Um, but, you know, I have family that, that were artists back into the Renaissance. And so I'm wondering if this kind of thing kind of goes in the blood, too, along with having to do some training and actually learn how to do it. So is that uh, and, th- and that's another thing I never really understand, largely because I said of the, the aforementioned complete vacuum of artistic ability is when people say that they go to they go to the like I was watching this. Um, this movie the other day, Backbeat, which is a great Beatles movie, and it's uh, it's a look at the early Hamburg Beatles, uh, which is sort of an era that doesn't really get talked about. And they talk about Stuart Sutcliffe, who was the original bass player, da da da, leaves the Beatles to go to art school to paint or whatever. So here's a silly question: If you go to art school to learn how to paint, what do they teach you there? If you take art classes or painting classes, it seems like it's a thing you can either do it or you can't. What do they teach you when you're sort of learning art? Well, they teach you how to see you know, perspective measurements, all, all the kind of classical um, art techniques that have been in you know, art through centuries, like you know, how to paint like the old masters. And so you learn all of these things, and then you make it your own. Now, is this, and, when, and so you're doing, uh, in addition, we'll talk about the, the acting here in a bit, but you're painting, and then you've also got uh, music, and so it's like you're really sort of a one-woman, like you're just, it's, it's just every single form of media you're sort of conquering. Yeah, you know, I just can't really help it. I just like to do so many things. So uh, you get you bored know, easily? Uh, you know, I must. Otherwise, why would I be doing so many different things, right? So, yeah, I, I do love to sing. Um, I actually was singing a lot as a kid. Um, and uh, put together a CD recently with my singing partner, who I've known since I was about seven years old. And um, so that's kind of great, because we used to sing together then, and I played Lucy, he played Charlie Brown. And that so is adorable. It's really, it's too adorable Come for on. words. I know. That's great. <laughs> uh, we're talking to Ariana Richards. By the way, her music website is arianarichards.com. Yes. Yes. Ah, okay. there you go. I was no, I didn't know because I screwed it up. I just screwed it up so badly the first time. I didn't want to be like, um, I. So, I mean, so you act, you you act, you sing, you dance, you paint, you do everything. Uh, is that? I mean, do you ever find? That, uh, now you're just going to function as my ad hoc shrink. So don't worry about it. Uh, do you, but do you find that it's that it can be a little uh, frustrating or scattering almost sometimes that you have so much stuff you want to do and it's like you got to sleep, you got to eat. There's only so many hours in the day, but you got all this stuff that you want to do. Hmm. You know, that is a really good question. Um, yeah, I'm never, ever really uh, terribly bored because there's always something that I'm interested in doing. No. And, you know, it's part of being a creative person, I guess. Yeah. And so you obviously had a bunch of really high-profile films. I mean, the Jurassic Park comes to mind, but also Tremors. Who can forget Tremors? Uh, and Angus, about which we will talk much, much more in a moment because we're dorks. Uh, but So how does, uh, how does a girl from California, you're born, and then X years later, uh, you're being menaced by a T-Rex. What is the journey from A to B there? You know, um, actually, I started acting when I was really young. Um, I wasn't one of those kids that was born really thinking a lot about it, like as a three-year-old, thinking, I have got to be on stage. But when I was about five or six, I ended up seeing some stage productions um, and got inspired to think about performing a little bit. And I was just totally outgoing. I was one of those kids that just liked to meet people. And um, so I ended up doing a uh, little modeling job 
for some uh, local mall for Mother's Day of all things, and I just had such a wonderful time, and uh, and that kind of took it off from there. Really, I um, got an agent and started working right away, and it was it was good, you know, um, exciting times. I. I haven't been chased by dinosaurs for quite some time these days. You know, at least it, not usually. Is it one of those? Is it one of those things where because you talk about it, the kids who are like child stars, and some of them. I mean, I, I think I speak for a lot of them. Say some child stars are just creepy. I mean, where they're just where they're so unbelievably sort of self-possessed, and I mean that not in a bad way. Just you know, they have very much the bearing and the gravitas or whatever, and and it, it sort of is almost unnerving a little bit, um, and so. I mean, did you did you have any of the sort of weirdness that comes with being a child star? Because you always hear about, like, they always drag Todd Bridges on the television or something, you know, like fresh from his latest jail stint uh, to talk about how being a child star, like, wrecked him. You know, that is, uh, it's really appropriate that you say that. Because um, it's something I was thinking about recently, actually. You know, I look at these in people, some child stars, some, you know, just people in the press, basically. And, um, and I was thinking about it, and, okay, so... What haven't I been doing? I, I haven't robbed a bank. I haven't been in rehab. I haven't ever been in jail. Um, I well, clearly, banked. you're just slacking. You, I mean, you know, seriously, I think that maybe it's just all ahead for me. Well, I mean, you know, I mean, so this you could do. You could do what I always say, which is where I'm unbelievably lame at this point in my life. Like, like you know, I don't, I don't drink. I don't smoke. I don't, you know, I don't. I'm just dull in every way. But what I figure is, as soon as I hit retirement, that's where it's all just like. As soon as I hit 65. I'm just going to order, like, crates of drugs uh, from overseas, and I'm just going to get a fortified compound somewhere like Hunter Thompson. And that's, that's you know, I'll just do it later on in life, not now. And so there you go. I mean, see, when I have that going on, then, then the press can really do something with me. It'll be a real <laughs> meaty story. Well, what is she doing now? Well, you actually, there's a, now, is, is this on stands? Now you brought with you this People magazine. It almost looks like a coffee table book. And, yeah, People magazine just put this out. Um, where are they now? Um, they put a page in on me. Who are you right next to? Are you next to somebody fascinating? I'm right next to Justin Henry and tons of people in here. It's a... Who's Justin Henry? Raise your hand if you know who Justin Henry is. Kramer versus Kramer. Oh, the kid from Kramer versus Kramer. Yeah. Boy, that's a movie that I watched once and then never watched again because it traumatized me. So, so, uh, so you are. So you were how old when you did when you did Jurassic Park? I was 12. Um, then I turned 13 during the filming on the day of the hurricane. Did you have any? At that sense, you're 12 years old, and that would have been filming that in, what, 91? 92. 92. Mm-hmm. At that sense, at that point, did you have any sense of, like, this is a Steven Spielberg film? I mean, did it? Did that name mean a lot to you at that point? Did you have the weight of that? You know, I don't think I really had the, the full weight of what it was going to be at all. I mean, I was just having a great time. I mean, I was a kid. I was having a wonderful time in Hawaii after work. I got to go and hang out in the ocean. Poor me, you know, just yeah. terrible life. Um, and uh, I had no idea. I'm just having a good time. That's uh, the that sequence. I was talking to somebody about this the other day because I had just I hadn't seen Jurassic Park for years. I mean, probably ten years maybe, and I saw it um, about a month ago. Uh, just a totally it was not in aid of this. It was just sort of coincidental. It was just it was, it was on, and so I watched it. And a I was staggered by how good that film still looks. I mean, it's unbelievable. I mean, there's stuff that comes out in the theater now that looks like it was done by some guy on an Apple IIc. You know, and then you look at Jurassic Park, which is, uh, you know, it's 16 years old. I mean, those things are photorealistic. It's unreal. I know. It was incredible. Yeah, I'm Steven Spielberg. He's a master. There's so, no arguing that. Is yeah. that, and is it all, it's not all CGI. Like, there's moments, like, when you have the plexiglass thing above you and you're in the, the truck or whatever. In the Jeep. Is that a real 
is like a mechanical T-Rex head coming down, or was that all CGI? Do you know? That was mechanical. That was actually there. Was it freaky wow. in any way that you have this big set of mechanical jaws, like like an inch away from you? You know, I probably just wasn't smart enough to be afraid, really. Um, I was just in the moment, and yeah, the the T-Rex ended up losing a tooth once because it was, you know, biting it a little bit, but... And they were always very, very careful with the kids' safety, so I was really never worried about it. Did you have a uh, Did you have a nickname for the mechanical T Rex? You know, I, I don't think I actually had a nickname, but um, I do have a funny story though that kind of went along with with that section of filming with these uh, these dinosaurs and the little things that can happen. Uh, okay, because we were up on on the edge and it's raining and it's it's in in the set in Universal Studios and it's the part where I'm supposed to get piggyback on Sam Neill's back and go right. over the edge on that cord there to get away from the T-Rex and uh Steven wanted to film the uh angle just basically watching us and I'm screaming Timmy and then right when I stopped screaming it would cut and then they would get to a new angle. Well, I didn't realize that we didn't need to go all the way over the cliff. Um, so as I'm uh, on Sam piggyback, I'm screaming and screaming, and then I lean back and pull both of us right oh. out of the oh. shot and over the edge. Of course, guess who's in the audience? My mother is out there wow. watching the screen. She sees her daughter disappear over the edge, and then she looks over and sees Steven Spielberg laughing. She's thinking, oh, my God, he's laughing. My daughter has just fallen over the edge. This is horrible. Of course, he knew that there was a big match. Right, right. Down there, and so I was okay, but it was pretty funny. He does have a little bit of a uh, a mischievous streak in him, from what I'm told. He does uh, he does have a little bit of that evil gleam in his eye sometimes when he's doing those things. So, uh, is it? I mean, is he? Um, does he talk to you when you? You know, you're a child actor working with Steven Spielberg. Does from what your sense was and remembering it, does he talk to you like you're a kid? Or does he talk to you like you're just uh, another actor? You know, it was kind of both, really. I mean, he just he was really great because he made it fun. I mean, we were friends. We had a great time. After doing a scene, um, he would jump up and down and be so enthusiastic with both of the kids. And to me, he would say, oh, that was wonderful, Ariane. He would come up and give us a big hug. I mean, hey, and we were having a great time. We wanted to do our absolute best. And so from And then there's a whole sort of series of movies that follow that. And, I mean, does it... I don't know how your life must change when, uh, you know, last week uh, you're, you're the girl doing a commercial for whatever, and like this week you're the girl in Jurassic Park. I mean, Hollywood is just so weird. Los Angeles is just weird with the strangest people anyway. It, do do people just come out of the woodwork, like left and right, sort of just dangling jobs and offers and things in front of you? Uh, and is it difficult to sort of figure out your bearings, what the next step is after that? Sure. I mean, when you're when you're in the world of of film work and everything, and in any artistic field, really, people throw ideas at you. Sure. Um, yeah. Was there anything proposed to you that you just went, "That is the worst idea that I have ever heard"? Um, you know, uh, let's see. Um, well, I think I was pretty young when someone proposed the idea of me being a vampire prostitute, and I wow. wasn't terribly crazy about it. Um, so, yeah, that, that's probably an example. Were, you, were your parents pretty good about keeping you on the stable path after sort of all of that stuff hit, all the madness sort of begins? Yeah, you know, they were pretty good. They they helped uh, keep my feet on the ground and all that good stuff, try to keep me sane and remember who I am and all that kind of thing. Excellent. Yeah, it's, 
it gets pretty crazy sometimes. Um, so as we sort of move back, you know, closer to the present time. So I, I do want to talk for a minute about Angus because we're that's one of the things that Sarah and I bonded about early on is that I had made a reference to that movie and I think I was doing my bad version of George C. Scott going Superman isn't brave, you know, and doing that whole like big speech and I'm just such a dork for that movie. And Sarah's like, I love that movie too, and it's like, and it's just, and I don't even think it's out on DVD at this point. I don't think so. Not last I checked. No, because yeah, the online petition's still on where people are trying to get it on DVD, but it's just on VHS. I know, and that's that's another one of those movies that is just such a small, you know, it's just a small, such a small, perfect jewel of a movie. And and really, it's it's one of those things I just relentlessly promote it to people. But it's sort of weird to do because you all you have to get it on VHS. You have to go to like some flea market where it's sitting between Police Academy 5 and like Creep Show 9 or whatever. And you're like, that right there, buy that. Um... But it's just got such a great cast. I mean, it's uh, you know, it's, it's got Kathy Bates. You're in it, George C. Scott, his last performance, and then Charlie Talbert, who plays Angus. And, and speaking of guys who just sort of vanished, I mean, do you have any idea where that guy is now? Because he did Angus, and then was sort of like like Kaiser Soze, just sort of gone. You know, I'm not in touch with him these days, so I don't really know. Um, it's uh, it's your guess as good as mine. All right, then we'll see. Now we have to put a bounty out for him. You know, that'll be the next thing. We'll offer Richie like a box. We have this whole thing in the show, like with Walter Cronkite, where if he can get Walter, like any of the people on this list, if he can get these guys, it's like a bottle of whatever he wants to drink. So we're like, if you can get Walter Cronkite, it's like a bottle of gin or whatever. Um, You're bribing him. It's hey, you know what? Uh, with that guy, alcohol is the surest way to his heart. It's uh, the his liver is the way to his heart. Um, it, it, one final thought on Angus, by the way, is it's just got such an exceptional soundtrack. And I mean, it was it's 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 a great movie. I say speaking for you, it, it's a great movie to look back and to have been a part of because it's a great little snapshot of that time, a very quintessentially uh, early to mid '90s kind of film and a great coming of age film that is legitimately sweet. And you take a role in Angus that um, it, that could very easily have been sort of trite. Or cliched, because she's sort of the beautiful girl who's secretly... She's got a dark secret, though. She's That's right. She's bulimic. That's right. I had to play a bulimic character. Mm-hmm. But it's like... It, and, and, you know, but you make it believable. And you really make it... I mean, you make the movie legitimately sort of, uh, you know, pointed. It's 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 really great. So so now we sort of work our way toward... Now, is it... Do you find that, you know, of all the things you're doing, you've done acting, and you make music, and you're painting... I mean, if you had to, you know, I'm going to stick you on an island and you can only do one of those things. I mean, what is it? What's the closest to your to your heart, Ariane Richards? Well, um, Rick Emerson, mm-hmm. um, I think that I'm just having such a blast painting these days. It's absolutely amazing. Um, but, you know, uh, I, I love acting. I love the music. I love all of it. Um, so basically, I'm not really searching for acting roles right now, but if something amazing were to come along... I would certainly take a look at it. So you're kind of at that point where you can you can do something because you want to, you're not because you're always like on that treadmill of like, you know, where can you get me? Noxzema commercial? Anything. What do you got? You know? <laughs> That's right. And where there's like some cigar chomping guy in the other and going, oh, do you want to fly to Japan and advertise for a gum that tastes like dirt? Uh, two days work. I mean, uh, yes, no. You let me know. So you don't, I mean, you're not, you're exactly. not in I that like position. It. I like so, it. it, it, it Portland is, you know, not, not like a lot of cities, but in Portland, there's, you know, there's a film community and people who make movies and people who want to make movies. If somebody is out there and either, either they are a young person or there's parents who have a kid who maybe expresses interest in acting or in pursuing movies. I mean, this is a big question, but I mean, what do you, what do you say? What are the, the pitfalls or the things to do or not do if somebody is looking at the movie industry and, and a kid and wondering how to put those things together? Well, what I like to say to people is for kids that are interested in, in trying it out and being interested in acting, absolutely go ahead and do a lot of theater. 
Get into theater, enjoy yourself, do stage work, and see what you think of it, and study it, and and after you get older and think that if you want to go into it seriously, go ahead. I mean, if they're in the L.A. area, it's a whole different subject, because they're close to the audition scene, and if their parents want to get them into it in that way, that's, that's up to them. But up here, it's more, you know, get them into the theater. Uh, speaking, actually, of Los Angeles, I, I meant to ask this earlier. So having done uh, not only Jurassic Park, but having done Tremors, uh, with which is just an exceptional movie in a whole different way. It's like this weird, almost like Roger Corman-esque kind of movie where it's like I mean, a huge mutant worms coming out of the ground. I mean, and Reba McIntyre with a shotgun. I mean, it's like the best thing ever. Uh, so because <laughs> I love of, Reba. She's awesome. Do you ever... Cool. I mean, and what Michael Gross, Kevin Bacon. Uh, I mean, it's just, it's just such a great movie. Do you get asked to do, like, Comic-Con or sci-fi? Have you ever pursued that? Because that's... I'm telling you, that's... That's I mean those movies like in the hearts of geeks. I mean that's a that's a thing that I would imagine you would resonate very strongly with that crowd. Have you considered doing that? Well, you know, um, it was kind of funny the other day. I was looking at my DVDs lined up, and I was noticing there were really a lot of teeth involved. I was looking at the Jurassic DVDs, and then the Tremors was right next to it. Wow, there, there's kind of a pattern here. And then I was in South Africa working with lions, and that was incredibly amazing. Um, I'm really good with animals, I guess. I wasn't afraid of the lions, and so I just uh, had a good time. And you kind of have to be that way when you're working with lions because they're they're fairly wild. As much as you'd want to tame them, they have to not be trying to play with you because that could be a problem. Uh, but it, it was just amazing. You could do a whole panel. It's just uh, Ariana Richards speaks about being chased by things with huge teeth. Seriously, that go. would be perfect. There you go. It'd be right between like special effects and uh, you know and like uh, light gels or something. So, all right. Uh, so, what is what is next for you? Uh, I, you know, where where does Quo Vadimus? Where do you go from here? Oh, well, where do I go from here? Um, well. In my life, I am, I'm really fulfilled, you know. I'm really fulfilled with what I'm doing, and I love it. I suppose a high priority would be to find a great life mate. It would be nice, um, although I'm not in a hurry. So uh, avoid the uh, avoid the guy on the way out, Please Richie. Stay Just stay away from, from him. Don't. Yeah, seriously. Anybody <laughs> that you meet on this floor of the building, keep your hands and feet away from their mouth and make your way to the exit. Don't make eye contact. So that would be my advice to you. Dave then was saying that when she had run to the restroom, Richie full on drenched himself with cologne. Oh God, Richie. When she got here and then when she. Oh my God. Here's the thing you yeah. have to know about Richie, and we always say this, and people think we're faking. Uh, we're really not, Richie. Uh, because of a, a mishap some years ago, Richie has no sense of smell. Quite honestly, none. And so, what kind of mishap was this? Yeah, like a, like an exposure to some chemicals, and it damaged his like nasal, his olfactory receptors, and mm. uh, happened when he was you know a lot younger. But he has literally no sense of smell. I don't mean that in the sense like he has no taste. Like he has no Nothing. sense of smell. So he does the overcompensating thing. You will see there's an entire wall of cologne in there, and his whole thing is like. Jerkar, high karate, whatever's in this vial, it all goes on at once, thinking that, like, the ladies will, you know, really swoon. And they don't so much. How has that been working? They don't swoon. They kind of grimace, and then they double over, and then they run. So uh, I would maybe go out an alternate. Sarah will show you a different way out maybe when you're done. Um, All right, so the the websites are galleryariana, with two N's, dot com, uh, for your oil paintings, music Ariana. No, I'm sorry, ArianaRichards.com for music yes. and Ariana.org uh, for your film history and so forth. And I, you know, and uh, you know what? You can't ask for, 
You can't ask for a whole lot more. I mean, you're you're talented, you're artistic, you're, you're painting, you're singing. You made a movie with Steven Spielberg. I mean, that's a that's a pretty good start on one's life, I would imagine. So, uh, thank you for spending some time with us. Continued success in life and in art and uh, in everything. Thank you so much hey, for coming in. Thanks, Rick. All it was right. great. Ariana Richards, ladies and gentlemen, back after this with Tim Riley and uh, the loathsome Timmy Ryan will come in the studio later on to uh, to gloat about his victory. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Show. Don't go anywhere. the Rick Emerson radio program. How cool was she? Come on. I have never been that nervous to have somebody in the studio because I and I've seen. I didn't want to bring up. I've seen, I've seen like random Lifetime movies with her in them. And yeah, stuff. yeah. No, I've seen. I saw the, the filmography where oh, she does yeah. one of those. Yeah. She she's too pretty to be here. Well, I mean, she's very pretty. Can I tell you this? And I and I mean this is the best possible way. So she, uh, you know, we took same as her pictures. We we took a couple photos and then she left. She brought a couple of headshots that she autographed. But as good as these headshots are, she is even more beautiful in yes. person. I mean, she's truly. Uh, she's the most beautiful person in Salem. I mean, she must turn hands <laughs> and she just walked down the street. <laughs> On the Salem. <laughs> and I kind of like the fact that she's still that she's just like single and rocking it and you know doing whatever it is because she's she's about my age we're about the same age yeah and you know what and she seems I mean you know you always the child actors you hear that they all just go mental or whatever they can but you know she seems she's very well adjusted very pleasant very intelligent so wow all right excellent ah. good for us yay it happened we rule ladies and gentlemen he also rules he's your personal savior and now no. from the Ministry of Truth this is Tim Riley. I don't know how to follow up that interview, really. Uh, really, I mean, look. Oh, man. Oh. What just happened? I spilled a little viso. Hey, Richie, can you bring some paper towels oh, in here? No. I'm sorry to make you do that. I That was me. I'm all spastic from talking to Ariana Richards from Jurassic Park. Uh, Is this like your third or fourth viso today? Uh, it's only my second, and I wasn't even done with it. Yeah, Richie, if you can bring some Usually it just takes great. one for me to accomplish a lot. I, uh, <laughs> I and by accomplish you a lot, you mean machine. shift uncontrollably I, I, on I the max? I three floors in my house with just one visa. All right, Adam from the PIM Squad has brought me some papers. Thank you, Adam. We'll have Thank you guys you, in here in a few minutes to give the recap. Um, this is I, truly exciting. This is, a, this is a crazy day. The thing about, about Ariana Richards, you're saying, it's just, I mean, it, it, I think... I think for me, and maybe, maybe Tim, you would say differently, but I, I, I think she's the first person... Uh, we've ever spoken to who I mean she worked with Steven Spielberg, you know. Yeah, I, think I mean, that is correct. Yes. I mean, how many people you know that can say they were directed by Steven Spielberg? I mean, it's just uh, you know. Nope, I don't know one. It's uh, fantastic. So good for her. All right, here's Tim Riley, ladies and gentlemen. Our heat advisory is in the bank for most of Oregon, including the Willamette Valley, the Hood River Valley, and the Cascades. And the track at Cleveland High. And the track at Cleveland <laughs> High. Daytime temperatures expected. In the mid-90s, and the same thing tomorrow. Overnight temperatures will only be in the 60s. So your air conditioner is going to be going continuously. It'll be useless. Attention, Timmy Ryan. Drink plenty of liquid. Stay out of the sun. Check on your neighbors. So anyway. But, you know, I bet the police were glad to put up tape around that high school that didn't say crime scene on it. <laughs> For once, it wasn't because they were chalking off a body. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> They didn't have to take some kid out of there, like, with the cuffed up and syringes falling out of his pockets. Just yeah. a beaky guy running around the track. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he does kind of look like Jughead from the Archie Cart comics, don't you think? Actually, he reminds, when I read this headline, uh, a woman finds a dead rooster in the mailbox. Timmy Ryan kind of looks like a rooster sometimes. He, he does, sort of. And maybe I can more see like a dead rooster after yeah. he runs. Anyway, a woman said she discovered a dead rooster in her Florida mailbox. Uh, the woman said she approached her house and saw a rooster... 
poking out of the mailbox. She opened it up. It was Dan. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Watch uh, local6news.com. So they're going to send out an investigative reporter to investigate Dan Brewster. Is that, just say, is that yeah. like some sort of a Sicilian message? Mm-hmm. Uh, Cor Harlan will stand out there. I'm standing on a corner nowhere near the dead rooster reporting on this message that was sent. I like it when they measure snow. Yeah, <laughs> seriously. That's my favorite. When they when they or when they have the big gloved up hand and they sort of gest they sort of gesture vaguely at the area in the sky where the snow will fall. Uh, oh, by the way, so here is let's see. Uh, now that people are just sending us. Oh, come on, this is adorable. So I'm looking at uh, this photo. It's arianarichards.net. Um, and it is. Remember how she said you're in love. I'm just saying, she was charming and beautiful. Uh, She's talking about that friend of her, longtime friend, and they used to play Charlie Brown and Lucy. There's a photo of them dressed up as Charlie Brown and Lucy. Now, they, they used to play Charlie Brown and Lucy. Where? Uh, I think just as like a like as a like around the around their their neighborhood. Maybe it was like a like a low budget sort of kid production or whatever. Oh, but gotcha, yeah. anyway, so all right. Well, listen to this. Here's more scandal. Roughly a dozen people have been charged with stealing 40 million credit and debit card numbers from U.S. consumers. Massachusetts and California uh, base crime is the largest hacking and identity theft probe ever investigated by the U.S. Retailers who were victimized include TJX, Barnes & Noble, Sports Authority, Forever 21, Office Max, BJ's Wholesale Club, DSW, and Boston Market. Uh, the Attorney General called identity theft a huge, growing international problem. Well, who could quibble with that? And by the way, this is when we tell people not to be creepy, here's what we mean. We just encourage them. Emails like this. Subject line, no offense. I won't use this name. No offense. It's subject line of this email. Dude, she is awesome. Three exclamation oh, yeah, marks. I got that one, too. The email says, my God, she sounds dreamy. Please ask her if she is open for dating opportunities. I think that's what we're talking about when we ask people to, to not be creepy. And then the next one. Yes, she's still available. I'm calling 1-800-DIVORCE right now. <laughs> okay, you've redeemed yourself with that, because that's hilarious. By the way, she was she was also on Empty Nest and the Golden Girls, by the way. Yeah, it looks like the Golden Girls was her first acting gig. That is fantastic. Um, let's see. Um, uh, let's see, we've got a... Yeah, now all I want to do is watch Angus, and I can't, because I don't have it. I have this, here's one. Rick, it was a bad idea to say she's single. Uh, knowing this audience, nothing good will come of this. Well, we'll see. All right. No, she may find love. Yes, in Salem. Dress them up as Navy SEALs. No, it said dress up Navy SEALs uh, as Iranians and shoot at them. That's the Cheney's advice. Dress up SEALs. Dress up Iranians as Navy SEALs and shoot at them. This is uh, Dick Cheney's plan to provoke war with Iran. Pulitzer Prize winning journalist Seymour Hirsch claims a recent meeting held at the highest levels of the White House discussed methods that could be used to provoke a war with Iran. The meeting was held after the Filipino monkey incident, whatever that is. Do we what? What? Do we need do we need like a, a strategy to provoke war with Iran? Doesn't yeah. it seem like that's just sort of inevitable? So the plan discussed involving dressing Navy SEALs as Iranians and mock Iranian boats, loaded with weapons, and provoke a shootout. And the plan has been rejected so far, so they have to come up with a new one. We'll have to come up with something else, like just letting the Iranians be crazy. Yeah. All right. Well, they're crazy people. Anyway. They, they are. Uh, so that's it for now. We have uh, other people to interview, do we not? Hold on. Let's bring them into the studio while you're still here, Tim. Hey, uh, Timmy Ryan, Adam from the Pimp Squad, et al., can you uh, join us in the studio, please, for a moment? I want really, I want you to get the full effect of this, Tim. All right. uh, you can't leave us alone Now, welcome Tim. to the Rick Emerson Show. Uh, wow. Oh, Timmy Ryan! Oh, wow. Resplendent in his soaked-through wife beater, uh, the victorious Timmy Ryan, ladies and gentlemen. Well, you, you do deserve a round of applause, Timmy. All right. Uh, so how, how long did it take me to run that? I don't really. It was what two hours. And Adam, Adam, 
What was the final? Timmy Ryan of CBS Radio ran 16 miles in a time of 2 hours, 20 minutes, and 50 seconds. You can smell everything. Oh, my God, I can smell, smell you. Like, I could rather, run uh, it in 245, and, and what was going to happen if I, if I ran it in the under? Let me just, before we do that, let me say that this is the only time I will ever say this, but really, you ought to take a, a page from How to Live Like Richie Bristol today, perhaps. Are you wearing eye makeup? No. No, this is just from probably running and shaking everybody's hand and just passing out on the grass. Does it look like, look at his eyes. Does it look like he's wearing a little makeup around his eyes? It does. I see some eyeliner. I got my hair cut yesterday, so, and I... Yeah. Are you wearing eyeliner no, or eye no, makeup no, of any no, kind? I, these on too, I don't care. It doesn't matter to me. I'm I don't just... have eyeliner. I have my black sunglasses on. I don't know. It's sweating like a mofo. I'm just saying your eyes are really uh, your anyway. eyes are really popping Maybe today. Maybe he visited so. with his agent before he started and uh, got him all dressed up like for the from photo. like 50 different things. I was pouring stuff on myself and I pass out on the grass for a minute and I'd have my sunglasses on. Right. So. so you are now, you're actually wearing, uh, so what is it, you're wearing your Chuck Taylors, you got your running shorts, your wife beater. Hickey's. Uh, and then uh, around and your, your championship yeah, this you is the, your, This is the tape. The police, uh, the tape that you crossed. Now, yeah. did, so we had uh, an officer actually show up. Yeah. Uh, we have uh, many police officers listening to the show. I don't think everybody who showed up and actually cheered me on and rooted me on. I mean, they actually ran the they last were with mile you. with me. They were with me. They were. At the beginning, the crowd was either opposed or indifferent. Yeah. Again, yeah, as they say. Uh, but they were with you at the end. They ran. Uh, now, we have a video footage of this. Do we not? Yes, we do. We All have right. lots of it. Excellent. So uh, let me ask you this dumb question. Was it hot? Yeah, that, that was the only problem. I mean, uh, the beginning of it wasn't so bad because I guess there was some kind of haze in the air, uh-huh. uh, and it took a while to burn off. But I guess the track, what, what was the track? Like, there was somebody there with an actual temperature uh, gauge. It was a hot, the one I saw was 132, but yeah. I understand it was actually hotter. 155 at one point. Yeah, right, 155. Right, and my, my body temperature, I think, was about like 105 when I finished. Well, so. No, we, did, we put the instrument on the top of his head, and it was 105. Excellent. All right. Uh, well, let's just, let's see. Uh, we've got a couple emails here. This one says, I love Adam. He's great. Uh, how I about concur. This? Oh, by the way, apparently it is rotten broccoli left in Tupperware that somebody opened by mistake. So thanks, whoever did that. Oh, gross. Uh, somebody saying today was exceptional. This needs to be an annual event. Um, let's see, I've, I've, I'm getting all my Timmy Ryan things and my, uh, my Ariana Richards things. Uh, lots of photos being sent in here. Uh, people are getting sort of stills uh, from, from the occasion. The people were really into it, and they were interactive. There was a lot of picture-taking. and um, you get on the mic, Adam. How about this? Uh, that was truly fantastic. Well done, Timmy. Uh, you really are a truly dislikable runt, but you did superbly today. Your quote about under two under two forty five bitches was classic. LOL. Great piece of radio. Today we all love Timmy Ryan. Uh, tomorrow morning we will begin the hate again. But today we love him. Where's uh, Where's Irish at? Have we heard from Irish? Uh, no, we haven't. He uh, he no. called before you um, beat the two minute or two no. hour mark. How about this one? Uh, kudos to Adam and the Pimp Squad for his play by play reports of Timmy Ryan. I felt like I was there smelling every drop of sweat. Adam, you were hilarious. Yeah, you really were. No, that was exceptionally well done. You know that was, I was not phoning. It in. <laughs> I was getting annoyed. Was I was actually getting annoyed at you, Adam. I, I had to point it out. With your little, your Chris Isaac iPod going or whatever you had. Oh, were you now? What were you? Li- were you listening to something? What yeah, is your exactly. running music? Oh man, let's see here. I started off with the Romantics, what I like about you, and it kind of like oh, it, it, it went. It, it kind of ran the gamut of everything from like I think there was like a Frank Zappa song on there. There was Doctor John. Um, huh? Running with the devil? No, no, I don't. I didn't have any of that. All right. By the way, Tim Riley, ladies and gentlemen, leaving the room now. The various news back at four, five, six, and seven, top of the air, all the way through. Like, uh, all right, so you had your own kind of mix going on. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, especially when I run those long distances, I can't just listen to like just one person. I have to have a mix going on. Just 
But I have to also kind of gauge the tempo because if it's too slow, I'm dragging, and if it's too fast, I just burn myself out. So like Timmy Ryan's training corner. Right. So kind of like on a scale like 1 to 10, I, I fluctuate like 4 to 7. If you were to give tips to other aspiring athletes and joggers out there, what would your tips be? Do you have a warm-up regimen, something that you do every time? No. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Way to go, Tim. Radio Gold, thank you. If you're going to run a lot, make sure to you know eat a, a, get a lot of sleep. Don't drink anything the night before, which I didn't. Uh, somebody had an email about this. Oh, by the way, uh, Kathy uh, says, let's see, uh, what, is, what the hell does it say? Timmy's Big Win says, this was the funniest thing I have heard in ages. Life is worth living after all. <laughs> so there you go. You have made someone's life just a little bit brighter. Uh, and maybe I, I cried laughing. No, it was it really was genius. It's a, I'll tell you what, whenever it is the next time, I don't know when we're going to take a uh, uh, the, the vacation on the show, but the next time I have a day off, this will be on the best of. This is totally, today, especially that last half an hour or so, that's gold. Really. No, I'm crying. No. <laughs> so good. Oh, yeah, thanks to Shelly. Oh, yeah, so Shelly, uh, Timmy's significant other, Shelly here. Hi, Hi, how are you? Are Hi. you still quasi-girlfriend? I don't know. Shelly? I thought we dropped that. You said that was officially dropped on Friday. Wait, when did wait, when nobody told me this? Stuff. I thought I was to be informed of Back all these changes. Times. Wait, what happened? What is the deal? This mic on. I don't remember. Yes, yeah, sit on. You're yeah. Talk you're, into yeah, the you're, mic. You're on right now. Really, I don't talk to the side. It must be an. It's not an omnidirectional. No, it's uh. So is there tension in the air? I'm sorry. No, God. there's no tension in the air. No, right. no, Shelly did good. She she helped me out. All right. She really did. I mean, I mean you, you would have probably been before he ran. Yeah. So now, what is the deal with you giving him ibuprofen beforehand? I just don't. I don't know what, what's that. Is that to force? Well, it's an anti-inflammatory, so it's going to stop him his muscles from inflaming and his knees. From right. Oh, that's right. You're a stable nurse. That's right. And I okay. woke up, and you know, sometimes when you wake up, the last few days, you know, I'm just waking up with some pains and aches, so that helped out. Uh, now let me. Did you? How did you feel about your own chances uh, going into this? The only thing. The only thing I was concerned of was the track because I have never actually ran that far on a track. Usually when I do it, like mm-hmm. I, I was telling you, I'll do a cross country or uh, I'll, I'll run down like a long, long stretch of highway, which really isn't used. Right, right on a long stretch of highway. Well, you really are just in your own Springsteen song sometimes, aren't you? Yeah, kind of, because, I mean, like, if, if you're just running and Last you, have, power if you have nowhere to stop, you have to keep going. You just, like, speak in Bon Jovi lyrics sometimes. <laughs> when you got nowhere to stop, you just got to keep going. I went down to the Seriously. river. Under the gun, out on the run. That was an actual lyric. Well, come on. Into the river. I forget. Yeah. All right. Uh, so anyway, okay. uh, so how many days do I have to prepare these speeches, which both of you much now must now read? Well, now, is it one speech, or is it I think a speech it's two, for no, each of us? I heard it was two. Both of you guys would read a speech. Anything I wanted. I think that's I don't know. Fair. Sarah, what is the... Two? I thought we were going to do I one. I thought we were going to do two. Well, then how is it going to be a speech that we will both read? Then you should write it for two voices, as they say in the copywriting. Two voices, and then I'll have parts for both of you. Deal? Now, what's what I'm saying? Write a speech. Yeah, you know what I mean? Write it as though it... Write it like a two-person piece of Do I get copy. to have the music of my choosing in the background as you read it? Within reason. Okay. Within reason, meaning like if it's playable and if I feel like getting it. So, yes. Uh, okay. So, it, write, write some copy for two voices, and, uh, you know, by the end of the week could be, you know, sooner rather than later, I suppose. Okay. Uh, isn't some, what else is, oh, we get the Emerson Address happening on Friday. It's not going to happen at that point, by the way. It will not, you may not hijack the Emerson Address to broadcast your glory to we the people. We see that day. Yeah. But you um, want to do it, I don't know, like Thursday or something? Yeah, you got, so they give you like a whole day. Now, do you feel, now, do you think you're going to feel bad tomorrow when you wake up? Is no. it going to be, you're going to No, feel I'll the, be all right. I, I can always tell when I'm done how I'm going to feel. Like, when I, when I got done, I, my, my body temperature was just so high, but physically, I'm all right. If it wasn't so hot out, I was going to say, screw it, I'll do two more miles. <laughs> such a bastard. No, I was. I was thinking about dick. it. I was going to do it and just say, yeah, not only did I, you know, do uh, 16, I did like, you know, 19. You were going to under-promise and over-deliver. Yeah, but it was just like, I just thought it wasn't safe at that point, so. Yeah, of course not. No, safety first. I know that you treat your body like a temple. And you do, because you're the healthiest person we know. Hold on here. Who, who is the healthiest person that you know and in the CBS building right now? 
That'd be you, Timmy Ryan. Tim Ryan. Sarah, who's the healthiest person at CBS? <laughs> it's you, Timmy Ryan. This is like some horrible follow-up to that Christmas special we did. Where it's like some alternate world Timmy Ryan. Best boss ever! Jesus. All right. Uh, hey, I'm Rick. Yes. Uh, again, I want to thank the listeners. They were totally awesome. Thanks to cool. everybody for showing yeah, up. I was everybody ta- who came out. I was talking with them about the next Pimp Squad Challenge, and we all agreed that it should be whether or not we can get Richie Bristol to withhold from masturbation for two and a half hours. How about, can anybody judge that? What's he doing back there? Moving the up, show, I don't want to know. Do the math. The show is four hours. Yeah. Moving on. Uh, let's see. This one. This email says, Rick, uh, let this day henceforth be known as Timmy Ryan yeah. Day. A day when all men get drunk, stagger around, and then go whoring. Um, that's a holiday all men can go, uh, can get behind if only there were explosives involved. Uh, let's see. What else do we have? Um, anyway, so people just sending us. Oh, here we go. Um, Pop Culture Zoo. Uh, so, uh, Dan from Pop Culture Zoo, so he said that, uh, regrettably, they're, the code, they can't quite figure out how to make the whole page redirect, so what they are doing, at least in the interim, uh, they have sent us, let's see if we can open this here, they can't quite figure out how to get the whole, and I can vouch for that, actually, that redirecting, and I, you know, your domain can actually take days, so this banner will be, <laughs> this banner is hilarious, if you go to popculturezoo.com starting tomorrow, I don't, you might want to check, sir, and see if it's up there now, there's a banner at the top that says, Oh, the infamous picture now? Jeez. It's flanked by that picture, that serial killer, like that Ed Kemper picture of you, <laughs> looking like you're about to hack up co-eds. And it says, Pop Culture Zoo is brought to you today by Tim Ryan, the healthiest man alive. Can you meet Timmy Ryan? <laughs> Click here to visit Tim's MySpace page. Uh, and then the message that comes along with this is, um, he says, Tell Timmy this banner will be at the top of Pop Culture Zoo starting tomorrow morning. Well done, you douchebag. So, there you go. That's from Dan at PopCultureZoo.com. As of tomorrow... Uh, brought to you by uh, Timmy Ryan. So cool. All right. Final thoughts to the people? <sighs> no, thanks. Thanks once again, everybody showing up and lending their support. They're really cool out there. It was awesome. All right. Ladies yeah. and gentlemen, the healthiest man we know, Timmy Ryan. There you go. Back after this, Pimp we'll wrap squad, it up. Quit. Like us uh, at free Mike O'Mara Show at 7. We will continue around the corner. So it's the Rick Emerson Show. Go nowhere. <laughs> Only Tuesday. I know. It's so exhausting. I feel like I've run 16 miles. Wasn't yesterday chaotic, too? Wait, what was yesterday? Yesterday was insanity. I can't remember I can't why. remember why, though. All right. Jesus. I mean, I'm not complaining. I'm just saying, wow. All right. Um, yeah. So, uh, Timmy uh, is going home to collapse or do whatever it is he does. Uh, and then I think he'll have a speech ready up there. So there you go. Uh, don't forget, coming up this Friday, by the way, is 888. This Friday, 888, 2 p.m., uh, the Emerson Address uh, will be happening. So uh, be listening for details on that. Uh, by I'm the way... I'm nervous what the speech is going to be. If only uh, we had something written. Oh, wait, you mean the 888 thing or Timmy's? Oh, well, well not so much the 888, uh, the 888 thing, because... That's all on you, I have nothing brother. Um, but, no, what Timmy's going to have to say on Thursday. Oh, God. Yeah, I have no it's idea. It's going to be hideous. You know yeah, it, it will be. Uh, and then I have nothing written so far for 8 at 8, so i got to try to find something decent. Because now, now it's like an actual deal. Somebody who asked to be main, uh, remain anonymous uh, said that they're going to attempt to patch in uh, the 888 speech that happens this Friday. The Emerson Address this coming Friday, 8 at 8 at 2 p.m., uh, into a lot of the city, um, a lot of the city loudspeakers. So I don't know anything about that. I'm just saying the theory is that that might, in fact, happen. So don't forget, uh, this coming Friday, 
about uh, 70, 71 hours from now. Uh, the Emerson Address happens this coming Friday, 8 at 8, so 666. We had Horns Across the Hawthorne on 7707. We had the Vanilla Ice. Now, this coming Friday is 8808 at 2 p.m. Uh, we will endeavor to get uh, every radio, every set of speakers, every web stream, every loudspeaker, everything tuned to this uh, radio station at 2 p.m. so we can address the entire population of Portland, of Oregon, of the world, and beyond uh, this coming Friday. So, uh, starting, <coughs> pardon me, starting tomorrow. We're going to try to start getting people to tell us sort of where they're going to be. We're going to try to figure out where people are going to be around town. Uh, oh, sure. Are we going to have like some internet maps to try and uh, uh, go, like, the places. Google map? Bridget was sort of was gone, so we're trying to get that back up. But we're trying to have uh, a Google map showing like where people are going to be. Are you going to be downtown? Are you going to be in your car? Are you going to be in a boat on the river? Are you going to be in the bridge? Where are you going to be uh, this coming Friday for eight at eight for the Emerson address? So that's coming up. Uh, so be listening. More details uh, on that. Um, all right. That banner is hilarious. That the Richie or the uh, Timmy Ryan banner is really, really funny. Uh, the healthiest man in the world. So there you go. There we go. All right. We want to thank uh, CNN Radio correspondents Rachel McGrath, Lisa Desjardins. We want to thank Ariana Richards for joining us in the studio. Uh, let's see. Uh, Timmy Ryan from the Pimp Squad, Adam from the Pimp Squad, uh, all the listeners who went down and helped out with Ryan's Run, the Great Portland Jog Off today. Everybody, uh, every, all the delivery drivers, uh, cabbies, police officers, everybody who stopped by, and all the listeners who went down. So thank you so much. You were the best audience uh, ever. All right. We want to uh, so thank everybody. Uh, join us tomorrow when we'll have more Merry Minute and Insanity, including Mr. Skin from MrSkin.com. Rick Emerson, show producer today and every day by the lovely and talented Sarah Stillen for AM970, the talker of the newsroom, Tim Riley, and the phones, Richie Bristol, the gatekeeper, Dave Zane, the webmaster, she's Bridget from upstairs, director of engineering, Brian Jones, and of course, CBS Radio Portland marketing guru, Susan Donep with me, Reynolds, like us next, Michael Mara show at 7. As always, thank you for listening. Watch out for snakes. And uh, we'll see you all tomorrow. Bye now. Like us next.